Sometimes the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another episode of your Heroes of Noise podcast. I'm one half of this dynamic duo. My name is Steve. What he said. Only now it's me saying it. What's going on, everybody? My name is Dan. I think it's going to be a hoot this week. That's what I'm going with, Steve. It's going to be an actual hoot. It's going to be an actual hoot? An actual hoot. Not a literal hoot. It's going to be an actual hoot. Like, we're going to have a hoot today. Everyone listening, prepare for a hoot. I can't wait because we have a lot of things to talk about that we've seen, and we finally get a chance to talk about it today. Yeah, we've been kind of lagging on that. I admit it. Sorry. Hey, look, you're with your DDP yoga. You've been kind of out of it a little bit. You know, you're in the you're in the transcendental. Mode. You know, I've been working on me. Been trying not to work so much on this as much as me lately, Steve. Feeling good I like about that. myself. I like yeah. that, dude. I like that. Self preservation is what it's all about, sir. You've been. I knew you were going to get into that reading situation. You read anything good? No, 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 no. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't read anything, Steve. <laughs> but in my defense, in my defense. Uh-huh. So what we're talking about is Steve turned me on to this app, and I don't remember what it's called now because uh, I'll explain Libby. why in just a second. What yeah. Libby, thank you very much. So all you need is a library card. You go on, choose your local library, and you can choose books from them, right? Digital books. Mm-hmm. I'm confused, Steve. Yes. Everything that you've recommended to me so far, right, yes. has been checked out. Totally fine. I get that. But it's a digital book. How's that happening? I think they only keep a certain amount of digital rights for every li- for every library, like as many say that the the local Fresno bookstore has two copies of that book, then they have two digital copies of that book too, and so you got to wait until those digital copies are returned. I think that's the only way Libby could get the rights to free digital copies. Is like every library that has a certain amount gets. A, I know friends of mine have bar- have borrowed their uh, friends in LA's library card, and they're like, you never really have to wait. Oh, like you, that makes you sense. Just, yeah, you borrow someone from L.A. for the L.A. library. You borrow their card and you're like, yeah, you're fine. And then you could put up to like five library cards in one Libby app. So you could have like a bunch of library cards. Oh, a lot okay. of people just don't wait. And I was like, I'll just wait because I'm not going to over. Normally I'm reading. I'll read like two books and then get new ones. I'll always have one in the queue ready to rock and roll. What was the one that I got? And I'm like, of course, I get this one. And I pick it only because it's like the only thing out of this list of like, um, what's the what's the uh, what's the category? Is it self-help? Is it self-improvement? Sure, what is it? Self-improvement, even though, even right? Though I hate that. Yeah. Let's go self-improvement. I think that sounds there we go. better. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, there was there was not there was a whole bunch. But for some reason, they're all checked out. The only one that I could find was a book. And I, I go, I bet you this is the one. This is it. Click on it. It's called Unfuck Your Mind. <laughs> interesting how was it or is it unfuck yourself something like that there's a whole bunch of unfuck series i don't know it was just kind of like to me it sort of felt like the cliff's notes of something or like self-therapy for dummies or something like that so uh, i didn't pick it. i chose not to read it okay i'm like i don't yeah, like I, the way you're pandering yeah. to me you know what that's i mean in, that's what it is and, it, and i think it's it's a and also it just like once you start reading certain authors there's gonna be certain people that you just like you're like, I'm going to get everything that this person does. And so that's that's a lot of ways that I do it. Like there's a, there are authors that I'm just like, oh, I'm going to get anything that they do. I'm going to get because they write in my in my um, I just I need to not you know what I need to stop doing is just don't look up their beliefs. <laughs> you do a lot of background checking. dude. 
I do. I mean, I guess that's a good thing, but it's a lot of extra time. Well, I normally, oh, here's all I do. Like, say, hey, you should read John Smith. I'm like, cool, I'm going to check him out. And I'll go into Google and put John Smith racist. And as long as nothing really comes up, <laughs> I'll go ahead and be, but you'd be surprised at how many things they're like, you do know this person is virulently racist. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, dude, it sucks. It sucks. Everyone's a little bit racist these days, it seems. I mean, most people are like a lot of people are a lot racist, like a lot, lot. Yeah, it wasn't a justification. It was just more of an observation. It just seems that way to me. Yeah, it's called Unfuck Your Brain, ladies and gentlemen. I thought I would show it's written by Faith Harper, Ph.D. Hey, Ph.D. decided to write a book called Unfuck Your Brain. I just doesn't sit right with me. I feel like they're pandering to me, Steve. I don't think so, because recently I read an article saying how actually the smartest people in the world curse and it's actually good to do so. Well, I think I prove that every week on this show, Steve, but Dude, that's not the so point. You are. That is not the point of what we're talking about. Of course, we, okay, let's all acknowledge it. Okay, let's move along. But no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, I feel like this is something where it's like, okay, here's a good example. Yes. DDPY, for instance, okay? Mm-hmm. Big fan of it. I love it. It's changing my life around I, I, and I'm fully on board with this. However, there is this huge element to DDPY that I... <laughs> It's like, I see what you're doing, sir, and, and good on you, but I get what you're doing. Gail noticed this, too. So what it is, and by the way, I'm not talking down about DDPY yoga. It's not the case, but this okay. is what I've noticed, right. is that they basically take the essentials of yoga, right? Uh-huh. Where you have things, and I'm not a yoga person, or you know, like, I'm not, I can't wax poetically about actual, like, uh, any kind of yoga. Bikram yoga, I think is what it's called, or something like that. Can't, I can't wax on that stuff. But what I'm referring to is like the sun salutations and the downward dogs and mm-hmm. the happy baby pose and the star pose and all that kind of stuff. Right. He basically, he just takes all of these things and then he just kind of like mans them up a little bit. Uh-huh. So like there's a, there's a pose called warrior pose, right? Yeah. He, he, he put road warrior pose on it. See what I'm saying? <laughs> um, <what's, laughs> it's just stuff like that. Like he just, it's like, I'm going to take yoga and just add some balls to it. You know what I mean? And that, but, but, but I kind of get it, though. Here's why. Okay. Now, I see through this. I see through this, and I'm willing just to kind of roll my eyes at it. Like, seriously, there, there is, I think, with any kind of instructional exercise video, because they want to they wanna give you motivation over a video, you know, you start memorizing the shit they say. But also, they, yeah. they have to turn it up a little bit more. They got to turn it up to 11 <laughs> to sell you. I've always noticed that. I Like, there was this one um, way back in the day. I bought something called 8-Minute Abs. And it actually worked. But it was the cheesiest damn thing ever. So I just think it has to do with the way that these things translate to a video form, right? But I think what it is, is that it's for... Well, I think it's just for... It's for guys, really. Because I can't see women doing this. But I, I see this as... Like, this is yoga, but we're going to put some balls on it so that way the guys feel like they're not doing something, like they're doing something more manly. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yes. Yes. That's sure. what it is. And it works. I mean, that that's the thing is if it didn't work, I would probably be, ro- be like rolling my eyes at it. But it works, dude. Like, I can wring my damn shirt out every time I'm done. That's a good thing. I mean, look, I, I'm very curious as to why you chose that instead of normal yoga. It was a suggestion, actually, from Johnny Bucks. Johnny does it. Yeah, boy. The thing is, is that like this does cater to women too. I just think that it kind of puts that that uh, that finish on it 
because it it just allows people to feel like oh, I'm not doing some girly shit. You know what I mean? I'm not putting on yoga pants. I mean, I know that's totally what it is. And and you know what? Yeah. Bravo to him for making it work. But yeah. Yeah. The unfuck your brain is like that, too. It's like, you know what? I'm going to write a book. It's going to be a self therapeutic book, a self improvement book. But yeah. there's probably a lot of people out there, probably guys just guessing that are like, ah, that shit's not for me, man. That's for the weak. You know what I mean? That's like a weak, that's weak sauce shit. Like my mind is, is strong. It's a, it's a machine. I shouldn't have to be reading books like this to improve myself. I should be able just to do it all by myself because of these gigantic balls I got right here. Right. But that's Absolutely. not the case. So what they do is they just put, Hey, let's put unfuck your brain in it. And it's like, Oh, Hey, that's a book I can relate to. Do you know what I'm saying? So there's probably, oh, no, like, it's true. Yeah. There's probably some really good, valuable information in that, but I feel like Perhaps that's not the right way I want to go about it, being that I already see through the veil. I um, see behind I th- the curtain. Yeah, I think once you, uh, I think the further you get, I think the deeper you're going to get into the uh, into the actual foundations of it. You'll probably go deeper and deeper, and soon you're just going to be going with the actual foundations. And uh, I'm very eager to see how how uh, this changes your life. Like it already has, and so I'm like, the deeper you go, the more it's going to change your life. For sure. And I, 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 I look forward to, I mean, do you, are you going to, are you thinking about having maybe a yoga, a yoga area in the back or no? What do you mean a yoga area in the back? Like a place where you can kind of focus and oh. kind of get into the zone where if everyone's in the house, you could be like, I'll just go to the yoga area in the back. No, I don't think I'll have a designated yoga area as you're putting it. But no, okay. I'm pretty, for me, it's pretty much right in front of the television with a yoga mat. That's what cool. I do. Because you got to dig the toes. I always wondered why with the yoga mat, you got to dig the toes into it, man, to like firmly plant your feet and establish balance. That's really good, dude. I like that. I like what you're doing, man. I I think that this is really good. I really do think that this really, and I'm sure that everyone that's listening right now thinks this is very good for a person's life. Well, thank you. My most like surprising thing that I've done, which is, it sounds more pathetic than it actually is, but I think the thing that I'm most surprised about is how easily I just went, you know what? No alcohol. Done. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I, I don't think that I'm done completely. Like I, I want to do it in a social fashion, but being real, I think COVID kind of fucked me up a little bit because it gave us that get out of jail free card just to booze it up inside oh, the for house. Sure. Yeah, and for sure. I will admit much like everyone in my neighborhood and around neighborhoods around the country, like our garbage cans were a lot more clangy, clank, 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 you know, when, when it was time to throw the garbage because everyone was boozing it up. I think I kind of fell into that a little bit. I started using it as a crutch. Oh, I'm tired, I'll, I'll, I, but I'm not really that sleepy. I'll have a beer, that kind of stuff. And then I just started noticing it like, ooh, COVID, what are you doing to me? Putting on the pounds. Uh-oh, did we lose you? All right, back to it. <laughs> are you on your Wi-Fi? No, 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 I didn't. I, I... That was my fault because I got an alert from school and I pushed to say, get that alert out the way. And I swiped up. <laughs> I swiped away uh, Skype. Number one reason, ladies and gentlemen, why an established podcaster of four years should not be podcasting off of his phone when he has a MacBook Pro in front of him. Just oh, say sure. I like to but I like to like I carry the mic around. I carry the mic around, you oh. know, so I can walk around the house. Uh, yeah, because that's what you need to be doing when you're. <laughs> the fuck man why don't you read one of those books about focus and sitting still actually it's good to walk around when you're trying anyway anyway yeah all the djs do it every, well i mean every they, narrator I, of an audiobook prefers to do a jog while they're recording i would like to i would love to jog if i was recording jesus christ 
Jesus Christ. I, I'm done with you, Steve. Really, I'm done. Good night, everyone. So yeah. you think, back, but back to that, you think that people have stopped drinking a lot during COVID? I don't know what anyone's doing outside of myself because I'm basically oh. in, our, in my own bubble. I'm saying that I think that it got to me to where, it, like I said, it gave me that get out of jail free. Like, basically, go ahead. Just do it as much as you want. And I was drinking probably more. Well, not probably. I was drinking more than I've ever drank in my life during the COVID season, as I'm calling it. And I just started looking at myself. I'm like, ooh, this isn't good. Waking up, not feeling real great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, spending extra money. And I'm not like knocking drinking or anything like that. I'm just saying, for me, I think I just had to take a step back and go, oh, okay. I see a pattern happening here. And I've never, ever had that issue before. So I don't know if it was like the on the, you know, I'm just, I don't want to be like dramatic about it, but was it like, am I on the road to like dr- becoming an alcoholic or some shit like that? I had to kind of just chill. And I went, you know what? I'm just going to take a week off and see what happens. Now I'm on two weeks. Now I'm yeah. going to be on three weeks. And it doesn't, it's, it's not, I know that sounds crazy to most people are like, yeah, I, well, I drink maybe three times a year. But for someone like me, I'm telling you, it was becoming an issue. I have an addictive personality. And I'd brought it up before and to other people. And I just felt like, you know what? This is the time to stop for a while and chill. I'm going to wait until I actually have a social situation to have some beers. Maybe a holiday. You know what I mean? Maybe after covid you're gonna get blitzed accidentally because you're gonna be used to being able to drink a bunch of gla- oh dude it's gonna whew. don't think that i didn't recognize that at all yeah that's gonna be the problem too is i'm gonna <laughs> have to have i'm gonna have to have like gail with me or something to regulate my ass because i'll be like i can still do this and then the next thing i know i'm throwing up all day dude. oh yeah that was a big part of it too i forgot to mention i woke up with the worst hangover i've had and i don't since i don't know when that was what? Well, that was actually the last time I had a drink. <laughs> it was uh, a few Sundays ago. I woke up and it wasn't even anything. I, like I wasn't going for it. I just happened to. I like the specialty beers. I like the the IPAs. I like to see what kind of craft brews are out there and stuff like that. It's like a beer snob kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I found this one. It's actually really good, but super strong. And I didn't realize that. So I had three of these bad boys. But doesn't really seem like a lot, though, right? Three. Were they tall boys? They weren't tall boys per se but they were they were pints so they were three pints that's a bit dude it's enough to give you a headache the next day put it this way normally i can handle it if it was a different beer let's just say that okay not this stuff bro oh you know what screw it it's actually good if you like craft beers try it's called 3d chess i don't know if you can find it i don't even know where it comes from it's somewhere in california some i forget but um 3D chess and it comes with 3D glasses, bro. Because you know you want to look. At oh, your, <laughs> you want to look Christ. at the chess pieces on your beer camera. Oh my god! I, I, you know whatever. But uh, <laughs> I thought it was fine, and I woke up the next day. And I'm like, all right, time to go to work. And I'm like, I'm not feeling right, man. And I get in the shower and I'm cleaning off, and all of a sudden, like I feel the heave, and I'm like, uh oh, that's not good. Shut up. Yeah, okay, I'll stop. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so anyway. Driving to work, it's hot outside, the smokiness is there, and, and Ooh, all of a sudden, dude. I just start getting the kind of things <laughs> where it's like, you know what? I think I'm going to pull into this random store parking lot and go behind the bushes and throw up. It was one of those situations, and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? And I went to work, and everyone's like, dude, what's wrong with you? And I kind of explained myself, and I'm just like, I'm fine. Just let me sit here, and I'm just sweating bullets, dude sweating crazy bullets and i'm just trying to keep my shit together and i'm talking to my coworker who's i'm getting ready to like you know he's he's getting ready to leave i'm i'm breaking him out and he he says something to me and i just put my finger up like hold up made him watch what i was doing went to the bathroom straight up projectile vomited in the bathroom and i'm like done done what done i don't know it was just 
And was your coworker like, are you okay? No, I, I was fine afterwards. I felt fine, completely fine after that. Actually, my day was, you know, just went completely well. But I was like, nah, I, I don't want to do this anymore. But it wasn't even like I was like, oh, man, I drank a whole bottle of tequila, went out and d- did a bunch yeah. of cocaine with my high school friends. You know, it was nothing yeah, like that. Yeah, it was yeah. just I just hit this point where my body's like, dude, you got to stop for a little bit. So I did. And I feel so much better. Problem, though, there is a side effect with this. I have not been. I don't know why I have not been able to sleep like soundly hmm. for about a week and a half now. Every night I'm up. I, I don't know what to do. So it's like, is my body saying, hey, choose another crutch or you know, choose another vice? I have no idea what to do. Foot massages? I, th- I don't know. I think also we have to keep in mind that it's the zombie apocalypse and a lot of people are having trouble sleeping. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Because, I mean, I am up rather late. Matter of fact, I was up till three this morning. But that has part of the problem has to do with what I just said. The other problem yeah. is that I was rewatching Cobra Kai. That was the issue. <laughs> I said, I'm going to, you know, Steve's been watching this. I think I'll just brush up because it has been what, maybe over, well, it's well over a year since I watched the first season. So I'm going to brush up just a little bit just for, just for funsies. And then like seven episodes later, I'm like, I should probably go to bed. It's three o'clock in the morning. I, one, one thing we're going to talk about when we, when we actually get into that subject is how many things had to go right for this to work. I don't think people are actually putting that into like perspective. It's astronomical that this show worked anyway. We'll talk about it when it comes up. Works so well. We will t- yes, we will. Yeah, I, c- I can't wait to really talk about that with you because you've been telling me about this show for so long, dude. And it, it is hilarious that finally I was like, because of you, I'm like, you know what, dude? I'm, I'm doing it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm just going to do it. I'm like, I will watch one episode. See, I can't really hate on you for that, though, because you didn't get another subscription, which is perfectly fine. Now you have Netflix and it's there and that makes sense that you're watching it. Exactly. I will say that you should still use your free week of YouTube premium and watch Wayne. If you can trust me on this one, you got to trust me on the other one, dude. Oh, I tried Wayne. See, that's the difference. I did try Wayne. I watched two episodes. Wayne. And it did. Remember when I, when it first came out and you told, you begged me to watch it and we had the conversation of it's not my thing. I don't understand that at all, Steve, but okay. I don't remember that either, but I'll take your word yeah. for it. Yeah. Yep. It, w- it was just like, it's just a, it wasn't my thing. And oddly enough, I think I know why Cobra Kai is now. And we'll talk again, we'll talk about it. We still got to do the contact info and all because that Because technically Cobra Kai was not your thing either. Those were your words. You didn't really get into the Karate Kid when you were younger. No, I did not. Yeah. So when I was trying to sell you, you were telling me that you're like, eh, it's not my thing. Yes. And but I thought Wayne would be because of what you described it as. I'm like a kid with a temper that can beat people up. I'm in. I would be willing to bet. I'm not challenging you to do it because it'll take you another seven years to do it. But I do think that if you watched it again, you might have a different like, you know what I mean? Like You would have a different frame of mind when you watched it because you already sort of expected one thing. You would have to sort of talk yourself out of going, OK, well, I didn't like it the first time. Let me just try it again. That's where I think you have trouble, sir, is you if you if you get like one impression in your head, it's pretty much there permanently. And I didn't like him and everyone else did. And I'm like, the kid, it kind of kind of annoys me. I think everyone else loved him, though. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, let me just let. I'm just going to let people, and I will, I will not get into people's mentions and be like, boo. No, I was like, I'm glad that they're happy watching something. That is fantastic. That's good. You're not being a troll. Fair enough. I've seen people do that, jump into people's mentions oh, and be God. like, the mood show was trash. I'm like, gee, why don't you just let them like something? Let In this time, let them like something. The only show that I've wanted to do that and I was tempted to do that with was 
the finale of Game of Thrones. When people were just like, I really like the finale. It took everything in me not to go into the mentions and be like, how though? I was just like, you know what? Let them enjoy it because we didn't get the enjoyment. Someone else did. And it took everything in me to be like, you know what? You know what, though? I think we're both hypocrites when it comes to music because I know we've both done this. Like when someone's like, oh, I'm really into this. Nah, <laughs> we've both done it. I've seen you do this a million times. If they tell me, if they tell me that, like, if it's in our private situation, absolutely. And if I'm trying to get at someone, oh, if my friend, if a friend of mine puts up, like, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to use him right now because I know, uh, let me use another guy. Daniel. Uh, uh, sure, let's go Daniel. And Daniel's like, you know who killed it, who was nasty with it was little such and sh- such. I'd be like, Daniel, if you don't get the crap about this place, I will do that on his page. I always argue with him because he likes E40. We always get online. We always like when we're talking, I'll always be like, I don't keep that's like E40's his favorite rapper of all time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure E40 came up when he was on the show. And he he thinks he's the best rap. He like he's his favorite rapper of all time. I was like, about well, Pac? He's like, favorite. I'm like, okay. And so we'll just go do we'll go because I have to. Because it I have to, because it's not one balls. of the big yeah. And it's not one of the big three. E40 is not one of the big three that people pick. So I'm just like, okay, timeout. But other than that, it's like, I know you don't really do it. Like, I'll see people say, hey, these are my top 10 rock songs. And you're just like, oh, cool. I'll probably fuck with you a little bit. A little. You're like, it never, but you won't say someone has trash. Uh, <laughs> you won't say someone has trash taste. <laughs> you might. <laughs> Trash taste, trash, you know, there's lots of things that could be trash. <laughs> you might say that. Oh, contact info. Oh, dude, you know what's funny? Boy, am I tempted to play that voicemail. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> but I don't know if they meant to, bro. It might be kind of like, if we do, I don't want to embarrass them if they were just trying to be like, I wanted to show you a new song I wrote. Well, did you hear the whole thing? I did. Okay, so it sounds to me like they knew exactly when to... We'll talk about what it is in just a second. But it sounds to me like they knew exactly what they were doing. Like you kind of hear the shifting around once the song is over. Like, okay, let's go ahead and stop. And I don't get it. Maybe it's Johnny Root. Okay, this is what happened. So yesterday, I look in the Heroes of Noise podcast Gmail, and it says voicemail from Anonymous. And I'm like, oh, cool. We haven't had a voicemail for a while. And I think it was either last episode or the episode before I jokingly was like, hey, come on, leave us some voicemails on, you know, on the... When we do the uh, contact information, probably do that every week. So someone did. I'm like, right on. And what it is, is just a, it's someone singing acapella with a piano. I guess you can't sing acapella with a piano, but it's someone singing along while they're playing piano. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I, I guess, a whole song. Would you say it's the length of an entire song? It is, it is a complete song. Three minutes. It's a minutes. complete song. Yes. It's like a three minute song. But it's not like, hey, guys, this is so-and-so. No. Um, I just thought I would play this for you. You guys, at first, what I thought was going on is that it was all going to tie together in the end. And no. it was going to be like a song based on something that we said in the show. Or like they were, you know what I mean? Like they were making a joke out of something out of the show or whatever. And they were including that in the lyrics. Not the case. No. Um, I thought, okay, well, it doesn't seem like that's the way this is going. But we have another minute and a half. So is there gonna be a is there gonna be a punchline at the end or something like that? Not the case. I also thought, well, maybe when it's done, it's gonna you know you're gonna hear the final note, then it's gonna be like, 
hey guys, this is so-and-so. I just thought I would play this for you. This is something I was working on. You know, play it if you want to. Play it if, you know, don't play it if you don't want to. But I just wanted to share this with you, which would have been cool too. Not the case. So we have this mystery recording of this song. And you know what, Steve? Not going to play it. Yeah, I mean, my thing is, as soon as it starts, like, is this Johnny Root? And I'm like, no, Root would have hit us up and been like, hey, I'm going to be leaving a song. And I'll be like, oh, cool. So I don't know who this mystery person might be. Well, I have a suspicion, actually, but I'm not going to say the name because if it's not, I don't want to tie the two together. But I, I, we received another one. You can see it there. I think it's still there. It was from one of our listeners, uh-huh. one that we haven't really had a lot of contact with. I've maybe commented with, you know, through Facebook. We've had some some back and forth, but that's it. But it was like, hey, is this Dan in the email? Uh-huh. Confirm. And then this person also in the group asked, what's your email address? But they didn't send it to the email. So I don't know if it's this person. I don't think it's them then. Or is that person a, a musician? I think. I seem to recall there being a guitar in one of the profile pictures, but that wasn't guitar. (sighs) However, a lot of guitar players play piano. I don't know what's going on. Here's the deal. If you want us to comment on this in a fashion that's actually constructive, let us know who you are, mystery musician. Like, what was the point of that? I'm not mad at you. I would like to help kind of promote whatever you're doing, but I I don't do anonymous real well. So, yeah, no, I'm just going to go ahead and skip it. That's fair, oh, right? That's totally fair because we don't know who it is. And right. if we, it could be a yeah. Nazi. What if it was a Nazi, Steve? Listen, dude, whoever it is, I'm going to Google the name with racist. Make sure <laughs> before we play anything that we know what we're doing. Yeah, I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. I mean, it wasn't even necessarily a terrible song or anything. It was just, it was just so unsolicited and, and so out of the blue. Thank and- you. It could have been great, but I was so, it's the equivalent of, prince walking into my house and playing a new song i couldn't concentrate on the song because i'm like you should be dead i can't focus on this (laughs) you're supposed to be dead right now and they'll be like and someone was like oh really how was the song i'll be like what are you talking about what do i i don't know (laughs) yeah i don't know i think even our longtime listeners know that if they have music we're kind of like we sort of promote that we encourage you to send your music to us so we can talk about it we'd love to get you on the show and talk about it but it's just it's very odd to do it in the way that that was done. So either that exactly. was, in fact, an accident or what I would call a swing and a miss. Yeah. So, and, and Yes. Yes. I agree. So mystery musician, if you want to take a, take a crack at it again or, or follow through with this and explain yourself, we can go from there. But otherwise, I think we're just going to go ahead and skip it just on the chance that it's a Nazi. Just, you just never know these days. You never know. But if someone else wanted to sit, hear their song or hear their song on our, on our radio show, how would they do that? Well, segue, Steve. I'm glad you asked. I really am. Good seeg. Like that. that was nice. You did a, an actual seeg right there, bro. You should be <laughs> proud of yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stand by, sir. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. It's your buddy Dan here. It's the Heroes of Noise podcast. It's what I'm talking about. Uh, this is the part where we do the whole contact information. You, we, we tell you where to send your emails, your mystery voicemails with mystery songs and such. This is the time that we do that. So listen up. If you want to get a hold of the show, hit us up at Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. All right? That's Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter. And by doing so, you're going to have to go to at Heroes of Noise. All right? That's where you reach the voice. And then if you want to reach me, Dan, it's at Dan Q Public. My buddy Steve at SE underscore Hudson Music. You can also go to www.heroesofnoise.com. And there you can leave your mystery voicemails. 
You can add the show. Subscribe, if you will. You can subscribe to our friend shows. All this kind of stuff is there. Buy some shirts. Leave some graffiti. Whatever you want to do. That's all there, all right? I'm going to keep this nice and short and sweet because I'm still a little thrown off by this whole mystery guy. In fact, I'm kind of creeped out a little bit. But before I go, please join the Heroes of Noise podcast community on Facebook. Yeah, I know it's Facebook. And especially if you watched The Social Dilemma recently, you may not want to do that. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and put that all down. Ignore The Social Dilemma. Go to Facebook and join the Heroes of Noise podcast community. It's a safe space. You know what I'm saying? That's where like minds hang out and do things like that. And if not, they're the fuck out of here. We've proven it once or twice. Anyway, that's it. Back to Steve Hudson. Dan, we have done an amazing amount of watching in the last two weeks. And a few of these things we have not been able to talk about only because we end up talking and we don't really chat that often. So we get caught up in our own kind of conversation. But I know that there are things that we both have seen and we could actually catch up right now on some, some stuff. You two specific things, one of which you've been telling me to watch for not a year, maybe. Well, it came out seven years ago, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) We've only been on for three, but yeah, at least three years. At least three years, because everything I told you, I'm like, you know what I like in a movie? And you were like, what's that, Steve? I'm like, I like flying people. Oh, really? Yeah. People that came from another planet grew up and were just strong. And you'd be like, you know, there's a movie that really fits. And I was like, eh, I'm good. And I'm like, you know what else I like? What? People that have an S on their chest. You were like, you know, there's a movie that actually could go with that. I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you kept on narrowing it down to the point. And you're, you're like, like, you know what I even like more than anything? <laughs> Superman. Not Superman. <laughs> I have seen, listen to me, Dan. I've seen Justice League. I've seen <laughs> Batman v Superman. I've seen every DC movie there is to offer, sir. What's your favorite character though, Steve? Oh, it's Superman. Have you seen The Man of Steel? Nah. Nah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see that. But that's <laughs> Superman. That's a dedicated Superman movie, Steve. It's true. It's great. It's yeah, true. no, I think I'm going to pass for seven years. It's but true. here we are. 2020. You know, here's the funny part. I think a lot of it has to do with my allegiance. Like, I, Oh, to Chris? Yes, dude. I got news for you, son. He's not going to be mad at you. He's dead, Steve. I, but dude, don't you think Superman, like Christopher Reeves, is Superman. Oh, he's my Superman. That's why I didn't want to be like, I like Henry Cavill. Love him. But I was like, am I going to be, there's a difference between being a Superman in a group of people and saying, now I'm Superman by myself like Christopher Reeve was. And I was like, am I ready for that jump? That's my childhood. And a lot of people watch it now and be like, it's silly. But it was my childhood, dude. Like Superman, it looked like he was real and flying. And it was stuff I had never seen before. So finally I got over it and I busted through the ceiling. <laughs> That's what she said. And and I went, I went, I went. How did she hold on? Let me just let me work that one out. Go right ahead, right. go ahead, go ahead. So she busted through the feeling. Yes. Okay. I can only uh con- I can come to the conclusion that you're referring to a strap-on situation. You you haven't watched enough. Actually, I don't watch that either. You know, we. we I mean, I guess technically, I guess technically, it's not it's not fun unless it hurts a little bit. Okay, never mind. Sorry, Steve. I'm sorry. Jesus, I I apologize. (laughs) That DDP yoga boy. Um, (laughs) no pain, no gain. (laughs) Let me change this. It wasn't me watching. Dan sent a free copy. Not once. (laughs) Three times. No, it was three times. Once. (laughs) Twice. (laughs) 
three fucking times I sent a copy. Three times, ladies and gentlemen. Gee, that is so crazy. And I was like, the third time I said, I'm finished. I am going to watch this movie. I am done. And all I had to do is get over the hump of, like the first time I watched it and not the first time, but I think one time I started watching it and I didn't know Russell Crowe was in it. Like sometimes Russell Crowe could be a bit Russell Crowley, but in this one, he wasn't. I was like, oh, he's being just, he understands that I only have four minutes in this movie. Well, and he comes back. Like he probably shot his parts in a day. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Russ spent too much time on this. <laughs> and he's like, let me just do it. And let's hurry up and do this little ghost part. You get this out the way too. So we're talking about Man of Steel, ladies and gentlemen. Since we accidentally tripped into it. We're going back to the archives of when superhero movies first came out. <laughs> so Steve can talk about a movie that we all know about. But let's do it, Steve, because I'm dying to know what you seriously like. I'm 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 fucking with you, but I, I really do want to know, like, what you thought of this movie. But also it also had the heat of Marvel was already doing its thing. Marvel was already jamming. And so I'm just like, man, what am I going to watch this bullcrap for? And that's mean because Marvel's an anomaly. You can't compare something to an anomaly. So I'm glad I watched it now, because if I would have watched it in the midst of Marvel seven years ago, bro, I don't know what I would have thought. I don't know. I truly don't know. So the movie starts, and I already, I think I know where it's going. And I will tell you this. From the beginning, I'm in. I am in. I really like this movie, Dan. Not I let me change that. I loved this movie. Did you, Steve? I and here's the problem. I had no idea that that would be the case. Gee, it's so America rah rah shish boom bah. It's so it should be everything that I hate. Everything I hate. How so? Because he looks like who should be the like only his looking guy would be accepted even as an alien to be on our side. Even as an alien. He's a handsome man, Steve. That's what I'm saying. He looks, I'm like, you know, if you were put in a freaking box of what people would be like, I trust this face, it would be his. However, I was able to get over it only because the corniness was embraced. They embraced the total and utter corniness of the whole thing. They didn't try to be like, no, well, you know what? I don't know. Maybe Snyder didn't. Maybe he actually thought whatever. But I think it was embraced. And I just was like, I like this. I re and I just think Henry Cavill brings something to Superman that is really important. And that's a sense of, you know what? I do want to do the right thing. I'm not just an evil. Now seeing this, going to see Justice League and him turn evil, I would have really liked to. I would have really liked to be like, oh, I would have liked to see him really nice, and then all of a sudden turn out to be this. Wow, look at Superman, the dark Superman. I didn't get to do that, but seeing how he just really believed in everything, I was like, oh, this is adorable. I loved the. Mo I needed a feel good movie. I really needed, even though. Um, I don't know if Snyder meant to do it, but the destroying of the city at the end yeah, and then how they, that. how they tie that in. I'm like, did he mean to do that? 
Like if not, if he did, and he knew I was gonna, he was gonna go Batman versus if Batman versus Superman was next. That is brilliant, Dan. Say what you will, but that is a, a very expensive bet. Yeah. But I'm gonna destroy this, and then I'm gonna use this footage to show why Batman is like this dude is crazy. <laughs> this man is crazy. I almost felt like that was damage control. For that in particular. That's what I was thinking. Not for the set, not for what's going on in the movie. I'm talking about for the actual movie. I felt like that was damage control. Because I remember when it came out, and that was like one of like people's biggest pet peeves. It's like, well, if it's Superman and he cares so much about humanity, why is he destroying half of a city? (laughs) You know, with just just like completely careless, just shooting off lasers out of his eyes. Going through walls, destroying buildings, just crashing through buildings. Uh, a whole town is on fire. Gone. You know? Gone. Yeah, just obliterated. His mom's house. Yes. Done. And, and and I think it's because, I think because of that, I don't think that we're dealing with like, oh, this was all part of the plan. I think this was damage control. It's I think smart. it was well done damage control because it gave, you know, it gave Bruce that motivation in Batman v Superman. I thought that was actually pretty cool. But I don't know. I don't know if Snyder is that <laughs> that deep. You know what I mean? I don't think so either. I mean, maybe I, I. it helps me to believe that that was a brilliant move, but it was probably someone in the PR being like, dog, you got to you really should probably start this next movie fixing that whole thing because you destroyed a city and was like, you guys are welcome. You're yeah. welcome. And like, dude, you destroyed half of our town. Yeah, it was the perfect motivation for Bruce, though. So I don't know, Perfect. maybe it was, and, and maybe we should just give them the credit. People have made movies before and they've made established universes before. But the problem that keeps me, the, the thing that keeps me from like being convinced of that is how wayward the DC universe was. That's true. It was just like, the, it was just so like piecemeal, the whole That's thing true. to me. And I know that they tried to tie it all together, but to me, it just never truly worked. It just always felt like there was lots of plot holes. So I don't know. There, Here's the plot hole that I didn't, quite get if i'm in a bar and someone wraps a truck around a telephone pole i'm gonna hear that i don't care how good you are with it it's going to make a sound that people hear not only that someone's gonna drive down that street come into the bar and be like i don't know if you guys noticed this but there's a truck on a telephone line outside yeah, but it's a remote town, Steve. It's out Dude. in the middle of nowhere. No the one left that blowing. bar all day. You, hey, you know what? It, to <laughs> me, it looked like one of those friendly places where people just congregate, have some diner food, maybe harass the customers, and spend a good part of their day just <laughs> hanging out there. And you never know. You're, you, you're not giving enough credit to the audio quality of the speakers in, the, in said diner. You called it a bar, but I believe it was a diner. That's true. It is a diner. So maybe they just had some rock. Maybe they're rocking like Sono speakers or something like that. That's true. I know when he walked outside, I was like, that's awesome. And then as the movie kept going, I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we don't know if the majority of the building was built with. Yes, there were windows. I understand that. But we don't know if the that's majority of the building problem. was built with concrete. True. But out of a window, shouldn't you see a car being wrapped around a? Well, it just depends on the angle. See, I'm really trying to work towards this movie and, and defend it. I lo- the, the thing is, here's the thing. I also had to realize to be like, hey, Steve, 
You're also talking about a person who can fly and shoot lasers out of their eyes. Yeah, that's where I was going. It's like you're, you're questioning a movie about a man that comes from space and is uh, powered by the rays of the sun to, here, to, to save the world or at here's, least America. Here's He's kind of homelanderish that way because he does tend to stay in America. He very, ah, uh, he did that African safari fly. When they're all reaching for him and stuff. No, yeah, where he was like, let me see how fast I can go. It was so dope, dude. And now I see why the rocks moved on the casket. I believe that the sun was giving him power in order to resurrect himself. But what's that have to do with the rocks? Because it moved when he was about to fly. He brought the energy from the, like, from the ground and the rocks started vibrating and moving and floating. And then it took off. Same with on when he was in his casket. The rocks did the exact same thing as when he was about to take off. Mind you, it makes no sense since, right. but we're yeah. talking about Snyder. Snyder just was like, hey, if I do this, that's what he went for. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I wasn't really arguing with you. I just wanted to see what your take on it is because oh. I couldn't really ever figure out why the rocks <laughs> lifted myself. I mean, he hasn't even taken like the, the initial shot. He hasn't even lifted off the ground yet, but the rocks have. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't get it. It's still cool, right? <laughs> it looked cool. I'll give you that. <laughs> like, like he look, Here's the thing, dude. Say what you want about Snyder. Even from 300 on, he knows how to make cool stuff. He's got an eye. He's a douche, but he knows how to make cool stuff. He's very broy. Here's the thing. I would say Man of Steel is his least broy movie. What if he just stayed on um, Bohemian Rhapsody? Oh, Do you think Jesus. like every time Freddie would start singing, his teeth would like lift up like garage doors or something? Dude, who knows what he would. I mean, dude, oh my God. Jesus. I'm, I'm glad like this is probably his least bro- broy movie he's ever done. And it was really like after the movie was over, I, I, I really thought that, you know, it's like, you know, I will watch. I would watch an immediate s- sequel right now. And what I love is how they made another freaking Americana.com. Ooh, rah, rah, how he destroyed this drone. And then the, the general walked up. Are you out of your freaking mind? I'm like, what that, is that how you would talk to Superman, G? Stop that. Is it? Stop it. <laughs> G, I'd be like. You, stop it. My thing is, everything I say to Superman, in the back of my head, I'd be like, he could this quickly. Just fly through me and cut me in half. He could melt me with his eyes. With his eyes. And I'm just like, he's out there being like, are you out of your dad going mine? That thing costs. I'm like, gee, you are talking to a killer alien. People are way too lackadaisical about this. He's a nice dude. Killer alien. And I'm like, yeah, you. And the, but the thing is, they want to make the generals look so tough. Oh, these are our toughest of our tough. Okay, yeah. dog. Okay. That's it. You just nailed it, dude. That's it. I didn't like that. All the army stuff, I'm like, whatever. But the fact that these two beings destroyed a whole city, I thought, A, it was ridiculous, but B, it showed the sheer power of these things, of these people. How I like Kevin. Dude, here's what I'll say. Kevin Costner delivers every time. He was good. He delivers every time you see him. Has he done a Christian movie yet? Has he done a Christian movie? Yeah, it, it, I bet you Kevin Costner's done like a Christian movie because he seems like the person they'd spend all their money on because he could just do that. I bet you he's done a Christian movie. 
I can only imagine. Starring Kevin Costner. Dude, there's no question. And I loved how he got out of the car during the during the tornado and he's like, nope, now's not the time. I was like, this is a believable moment. I believe this. I like it. I'm in. I'm corny. That's okay. I was a cornball this whole movie and I thought it was just like, this is adorable. This is just adorable. And I liked how, you know, Russell Crowe was like, hey, man, you could still save her. And he's like, all right, man. And just dipped out and floated into space and then turned around and dipped. I'm like, hey, Superman over here. (laughs) (laughs) Look at this guy with his cape. Flying through the universe and whatnot. I liked it, (laughs) bruh. I liked it. I will give Superman. Hold up. I have questions for you. Yes. I have to just slow it down a little bit, Steve. You've not commented on Michael Shannon. You haven't told me what kind of Zod he was. Did he bring anything? He was, was he fine. Weak? He's fine. You're not sold. Well, no, he could. He can be an evil anything. He has the face. He does have that face, huh? So he was fine. In comparison to Terrence Stamp? Yeah, no. Terrence Stamp is the dude. Michael Shannon phoned it in. He's like, I got the face. The face will do the work. I'm just going to talk like the way I always talk and make this grimace. That's and it. Now I'm General Zod. <laughs> now I'm in Knives Out, and I'm still making the grimace. That's it. He's scary looking, dude. Pretty scary. But I thought, you know, and honestly, I thought he did an okay Zod. I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't disappointed in him. I thought it fit well. I thought he had the look. I enjoyed the battle at the end. I thought that was pretty cool. Albeit, it was what maybe forty-five hours too long. But other than I, that, I liked it. It was long. It wasn't. I didn't think it was bad. I just thought like there was a certain point. I remember watching it in the movie theater. And I'm just like, when is this going to stop? Like, this is a really Well, the thing is, what I learned is Superman can't, like, fight. He's just really strong on Earth, but he's not, like, a soldier fighter. He's got no street smarts. No, though that woman would have destroyed him. She was dope. You think that the three of them were supposed to be the three in Superman 2? That were... were Yes, totally. Ursula, I believe, was one of her names. I think think it was Ursula. It was, like, Zod, Ursula, and... It was that one cat that didn't speak, remember? He had the goatee. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I assume he was the big robot guy. Yes. That's who that's supposed that's to be. That's what I assumed. I, like, I was like, oh, it's the three. Yeah, it had to be, right? Anyway. Yeah. yeah I, I, th- I liked it. Uh, okay. Uh, thoughts on, just quick, because this movie, you know, we're probably going on too long, but this movie, I've been trying to get you to watch, so I'm curious. Amy Adams, what'd you think? She's fine. Larry Fishburne. Uh, Fishburne is Fishburne and everything. Also, Amy Adams. Totally could be switched out with Isla Fisher in any movie she's in. I think that Isla Fisher looks like her. I think Amy Adams is more of the, uh, she brings, she, like she sells it. She closes yeah. the deal. I think that she's, I think the problem is if Isla Fisher would have done more than Amy Adams would have no parts. Because they're just too, way too similar. And now yeah. Amy Adams can just work anywhere in Isla Fisher. Like I can't think of what Isla Fisher looks like. Without looking, thinking about Amy Adams right now, you just have to picture Amy Adams standing next to Borat. Did you see, you say Borat? You don't say Borat. Um, apparently, <laughs> Borat, Borat. <laughs> I think I say no. Honestly, I think I say Borat. Wow, that's interesting. I don't think it's Borat. It is Borat. You Borat. I really Borat. think you get fixated on stupid shit. If you if you must know, freaking Dan. Oh, how'd you like Superman? I like Superman. Superman? Superman, you mean? Okay, whatever. I think you're just, we're splitting hairs here. We're not. Everybody in our group, can you please tell us who's right? Is it Borat or Barat? 
<laughs> it's ridiculous even saying it. What, what are you talking about? That, that is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, I'm not doing a Christopher Walken with this thing or something like that. No, but two syllable words, that's even more important to get the syllables right. That's how people say it. I think that's fucking weird. <laughs> oh my God. I think that's weird. Why is that weird? Because you're, you're making it sound like it's the craziest thing I've ever said. I, I didn't say it's the craziest thing. I was Borat. just like, yeah. Borat. 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 I don't know. To me, okay. uh, hey. fine. Okay. You know what? I'm going to exclusively call this motherfucker Borat. Wait, which one am I not that's supposed the to say? One, that's the one. Borat. Yeah, that's what I'm going to call him from now on. Borat. Yep. Borat. Oh, kiss this my ass. Guy, this guy with the two-syllable weird. Okay, snotty snot and stain. Let's move along. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give Man of Steel so that we can move on because we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, um, we do. Uh, I'll give Man of Steel four floating children in space <laughs> all right uh let's see i feel like i rated this movie nine million years ago so you i don't did. know if it's gonna change or not i know what? i'm not gonna rate it i liked the movie how's yes. that yes all right let's talk about something else let's man. Do it. so in the vein of us still watching the same thing because it's not often that we get to do this kind of thing let's catch up on the boys man i haven't really heard your opinion on the boys yet tell me about it what do you think we are on episode i believe it's four now right so far because I didn't think that they were going to be able to top last season. And a lot of times it's hard because it's it's really difficult to make that bridge. It's been a while and do you feel the same way? They bridged it right across perfectly. I love the Homelander. I love this season so far. Not sure that this week-to-week thing is a smart deal for the boys. I really don't think it's a smart deal for the boys. I think it's they kind of they they're they're trying something new because they know that everybody's in, you know, quarantine. I don't think it's a good look. It would t- let me tell you how bad it was. I didn't watch episode four. I forgot. Oh, you're, st- you're still on three. Then? Three. Yeah. I just totally forgot. And I'm like, okay. that would have never happened if it was a stri- If I was just watching them back to back, I would have never forgotten three. I would have just ke- I would have just kept on watching, watching this Friday. They're like, and then I, when I thought back, I'm like, oh, crap. Episode four. I'm like, eh, episode five coming out on Friday anyway. And I'm like, oh, right there, I knew. I'm gar- I guarantee I'm not the only one doing this. Where it's just like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're definitely not. People are pissed off about this to the <laughs> point where they're acting silly about it, really. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're going overboard. They need when to you start just leaving purposely bad reviews on a show that's been, like, you, could, you can feel the love put into the show. It's that's so the good. Thing. It's so Even good. if, it, like, a lot of it strays away from the, the comic, the little, the little Easter eggs that they put in and stuff like that, they're showing you we care, but we're trying to do this with a more of a, we can't do this the way that the book was. And we Bingo. just can't. Like if Preacher couldn't do it, why the hell can this one do it, right? The times have changed way too much for that to roll. Exactly. But not only are we going to flip it on you guys and do something a little bit different, we're, <laughs> I'd say making it almost just as good. Absolutely. Or better. Or yeah, better. or better, to be quite honest with you. That's the mm-hmm. thing. It's like, you know, I don't like to disrespect the writing of garth ennis but at the same time it's like dude they're doing an just an upstanding job like they're killing it season one took so much of the original story and really flipped it on its ear and added new characters and everything like that but just like this one does it kind of continues with that but they just did it with such style and i don't mean to knock preacher but i think that when preacher came out they had a lot of situations that maybe didn't work out that well a lot of little issues that didn't quite tie together introduction of storylines that really didn't need to be there and all that. And I think that 
even though the only one that's really involved with this, to the best of my knowledge, would be Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. I think they did take that into consideration. And I think that they just, you know, they, they go, let's let's not do what we did on Preacher and let's just improve on that on the boys. And not only are we going to do that, but we're going to do that again with season two. It seems to me like they know exactly what they're doing. Absolutely. But um, Kripke, that's where I think the true love comes from is from Eric Kripke. That Gee. dude is putting his heart and soul into this shit. Just like in Supernatural. That's what he does. He is a great showrunner. If they're just doing their last season this year, when did that shit come out? How many Gee, seasons are there? What is it, 13? Four, yeah. And Something every like season. I think this might be the 16th season, if I'm not mistaken. And not only that, but every season, not that it's a big deal to some, but the fact that every season of this show, when they go to Comic-Con, they're in the big hall. That's a big deal to some. Packed. Packed, dude. For about three characters in a show. It's about four, maybe, characters in a show. And I am in, I was invested. And Kripke knows how to be like, I can make you fall in love with these characters. Even the ones you don't like, you're going to love them. And he's doing it. They picked the perfect person to do it. Are we at a point where we can actually do some catch up with this and talk about some spoilers? Uh, you know, well, think, yeah, we don't I mean, have to like break it down, but I'm curious about certain highlights of absolutely. the first three episodes. Yeah, yeah, so tell me what you think, man. I mean, as far as like the uh, craziness of it, I think episode three is outstanding when it comes to showing you that they can still put the blood into a show and the gore <laughs> into a show and oh, make it comedic. That whale scene was phenomenal. Gee, that That's was some of amazing. the most outrageous shit I've seen on television probably ever, and I loved it. Not, you know, it wasn't like so outlandish and appalling that. It shocked the world, but I can be the first person to tell you, I've never seen some shit like that before. <laughs> I've never seen people drive a boat head on into a whale and then follow up with like a full on conversation in the body cavity as the heart is <laughs> still beating and the lungs are still working. Like there was a, Gee. they actually had working body parts in there. man. So like, good. I yeah, mean, whoever yeah. decided just give me a chance. I know people are like, let's just use the, they're like, no, trust me. Let me figure out how to make this thing like his move. Like they gave the person a chance to be like, let me make this the best it could be. Let me make it move. And they're like, okay. Whoever said okay was smart. Okay. Make it beating and lungs move. Okay. Let them and it run made, with it. They know what yes, they're doing. Let them do that thing. Because a lot of people would have been like, oh, whatever. Make some dripping blood. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. We want this thing moving inside. And it was sm- it was so smart, dude. I love I loved that. And I think one thing I will say is they have made a conscious choice to make this Homelander season. This is his show. It's his show. He's definitely like <laughs> carrying most of the way. Yes, dude. It's Homelander show. Because I noticed every I love my I love the fabulous five or six, right? I love them all. Fantastic. I love Aya Cash. Is it five of them? The fuck are we talking Melly Mel now? What are we what are we doing here? I'm talking about um the fab uh 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 we got the butcher. We got the seven. What are you no, talking no, about? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the but like the the team with the butcher. Oh, just the boys themselves. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And okay. so I love them and I love I I even love the new new Aya Cash. But let me tell you something. There is one person that when there is a scene with him. I push pause to do anything. Like if I have to leave the room, I'm pushing pause. Not because I'm like, I'm not going to understand what happened when I was gone, but because I want to see every expression he's making. He's so Homelander 
that I feel like he might slightly suffer the Harry Potter syndrome. Where you know they, what I mean? People can only see him as Homelander? Kinda. And that's not a knock. It's just that he, I think it's just when you play something so well, it's really hard to like disassociate and go, okay, well now you're this character. For yeah. instance, he's got a show out called Banshee. I didn't know he's in Banshee. Yeah, he's the star of Banshee. And when I went to see 2E2, he was, I kept talking about the, hey, watch Banshee, watch Banshee, because I don't know how many people are watching this show, if any. But on Stars, right? No, it's actually on Prime. And I started, uh, maybe it's on Stars too, but I know you can get it on Prime. So I started watching that back in March, right when COVID kicked in. I don't know. There was a lot of, th- a lot of things going on in March, you know what I mean? But I couldn't get, I just couldn't focus on that show because all I could see was Homelander. It's not like he was yeah. doing Homelander type stuff. I think I just didn't put enough time between the boys and Banshee. It, I don't even know if that makes sense, but I had a hard time buying that role in comparison. First of all, it's not a good, it's just not as good of a role as Homelander is. So maybe I didn't give it a fair shot. I kind of want to come back to it though, because I feel like if Anthony Starr can do, or Anthony Starr can do what he does with this, that, that dude, that's acting. That totally deserves an Emmy. He's but here's, good. okay, but here's the thing, and I'm going to kind of jump away for just a second. I, I was pretty certain that he's going to get a nomination, right? I just think, I don't know, maybe I'm completely wrong. I just feel like it's necessary. I feel like it's totally deserved. But now there's a problem, and that problem is a show called Ted Lasso, dude. I'm not entirely sure. Like, if they're not neck and neck, or at least both nominated, there's something wrong with the world. And I'm not sure if they do get nominated. I'm not entirely sure Anthony Starr can beat Sudeikis. I'm completely making this shit up off the top of my head. Maybe they're not going to be in this whatsoever. But in my head, in my fantasy world, these two dudes need to be at the top of the list when it comes to best male actor. They're fantastic. You're in luck because Anthony Starr is not going to be nominated for Emmy. Emmy. It's a shame, though, dude. Yeah, I I mean, but they know going in that this show is not the show that they nominate for. Emmy tries to they're 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 freaking ran by like people that are like nine hundred and forty eight years old. They're not going to be able to see the acting chops in um, if they've even watched the boys. They're not going to be able to see the brilliance in it. Ted Lasso, hey, they're going to be able to see it because it's right. Hey, it's probably I haven't seen it, but I'm sure they'll be able to tangibly see the greatness there easier than they could tangibly see the greatness in Homelander. I'm still going to hold out hope, man. I think that I just I mean, you're probably right, but I really think this dude deserves it. Like that is that's fucking acting right there, man. When he I'm convinced he's Homelander when he's on screen. Yeah, he's, he's, yes. I'm literally anxious when I know he's got a smile on his face, but he's about to do some dirty shit. There's a scene that takes place, and I think it's in episode four, maybe in episode three. I think it's in episode, no, it is. It's going to be in episode four that takes place in an elevator between Aaron Moriarty, I think it's how you say her name, and and Anthony Starr, Starlight and um, Homelander. And it's just so intense, dude. And it's, I just, it's just the way that this dude can channel that kind of evil just, I personally haven't seen some shit like that before. If he doesn't get it, it's a goddamn travesty. That's what I'm saying. At least a nomination. I think the, um, and being like typecast is just such a, I mean, obviously a lot of people are going to, like, I think Aya Cash, I don't think they're going to, I think she's going to be typecast as like a, a facetious person. Call it. I'm calling it. Well, she kind of always comes off that way. That's the same. And that's what I'm saying. Like Homelander, when you do a good character, that's who you're kind of going to be. Jeff Goldblum has been playing Jeff Goldblum for years. And he's okay with that. He's like, yeah, I get hired to be me (laughs) in everything I do. And he's okay with that. You can make a career out of doing it. So if Homelander is a thing that's going to get him other 
villain jobs or whatever jobs, I'm happy for him. As long as he gets other work after this, I'm pleased because he did a great job. Do you think he's like falling into the Ray Liotta category? Um, I don't. Th- I think he's going to be in a different area of that category where but you know what playing. I'm saying. Right? Yeah, he can do that. And I would love it because I watch Ray Liotta and everything. <laughs> so, yeah, have fun. Because, yeah, it's at this point now where it's like if I see Anthony Starr, like the, the next thing he does is like a romantic comedy. It might be good. But when I see it initially, I'm going to be like, mm, OK, whereas if he was, you know, it's, it's that kind of movie where they're setting everything up in the trailer and the big bad comes on the screen and Anthony Starr comes walking out. I'm like, uh oh, OK, now we got a movie. He might actually be really fucking good and scary in this one. Yeah, I, I, I feel I feel more comfortable with him in that role, you know? I'm very eager to see where it, it ends up. I mean, look, I think w- between Anthony Starr and Giancarlo Esposito, those two, I want to, I loved the interaction between those because Giancarlo was just like, who do you think you're talking to? Yeah. That was unbelievable it's to like, me. And I, don't I was think like, I appreciate your tone. He's like, and I don't appreciate you pulling your bullshit either. This was totally stone faced with that, like, that matter of fact look in his eye. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what you say, I got your ass. I don't mm-hmm. care who you are. Well, he he clearly is aware of Homelander's daddy issues, and he sure. played on it. Yeah, he played on the daddy where I'm going to be the man, and Homelander shrunk down, and he's just like, okay. I was like, Giancarlo knows his daddy issues, and he was perfectly fine with it. Anything Giancarlo does now, he is gold. <laughs> like he's gold now. Mind you, nothing's gonna be. Everyone's gonna always compare him. You know, Breaking to, Bad. Of course, you're gonna compare him to because he was probably one of the best villains we've ever seen on screen. But I think everything, everything he does, he's bringing the the freaking fire. So, so far, I mean, I love this. This this was. I don't know what level I had this as far as a TV show, but it was at a certain number and got bumped only recently by another show. Oh, really? Oh, and I'm going to, I think people, I don't think people are going to like it at all. I got to know. You okay, uh, before, hold on. Wait, wait, wait be, first be let's more, go uh, through the reviews. Go through okay, all the well, reviews. No, be more descriptive real quick. Like, are you saying, be more descriptive. Are you saying that this was your favorite show up until a certain day recently? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure what you're saying. Okay. Oh, yes. And, and it, it got knocked off. It doesn't look like we're talking about it either. It, right? it, uh, no, we're not. So what's the show? We're, um, but we might, we need to get through these. And if we have time at the end, we'll talk about it. That is some open-ended shit. Just say it already. What's the show? Cobra Kai. Uh, oh, we're talking Cobra Kai, motherfucker. We're Cobra talking, Kai. Let's talk about Cobra Kai right now. Cobra. Okay, I'll give, uh, well, no, I'm going to wait till the season's over. Cobra Kai is exactly what everyone said it was. Everyone in the circle that I saw, where they said, let me tell you the percent it has of being this good. The rights it has being this good. Zero. There is no reason that this show should be as good as it is because a hundred billion things had to work out in an astronomically perfect way for this show to be this good. The writing had to be there. R- Macho had to be in. Homie had to be in. Everyone still had to bring their A game and say, I understand what role we're playing and I am totally in. They had to pick the right kids. 
People had to be able to wrap their head around the idea of what it meant. They had to trust that even if you hadn't seen the Karate Kid, you'd understand that flamingo kick. Everything had to work. It's the crane, man. Come on. Oh, yeah. You, yeah okay. I'm just saying. You're going to get on me about Borat and Borat. Oh, that's a little different. Uh, I think that you should at least call it the crane kick, bro. Oh, uh, should I? You really should. I mean, don't, don't, don't make an ass out of yourself. That's true. Everyone will be being like, you're the guy that called the Karate Kid movie a crazy. Yeah. That's true. Will. We always um, have to differ. We always have to understand, too, when you say homeboy, we got to stop a second and go, okay, who's homeboy? I believe you're referring to William Zapka, correct? Yes. Okay. Just make sure. Um, There's lots he, of homeboys and homegirls you throw out. I just want to make sure that people know who we're talking about. Absolutely. So, um, there's no reason that this show could be as good as it is. And when I saw that Will Smith was a producer, I was like, oh, this could go either way. I that is something I go. missed entirely. Yeah. Like, I was like, this could go either way. Let's see how this works. And let me tell you something. It's a freaking good show, dude. It's, it's a show I needed now. Now, you mentioned that uh, for people that don't have like the, uh, the knowledge from the original movies, aren't you one of those people? I watched the movies. I did not understand why people loved it so much. And I was a kid. And I just didn't understand the love for that movie. Looking back on it, sometimes it's very easy to see that. I, I don't know. I think I was the perfect age when I saw that movie. Yeah. I also liked karate at the time. So maybe that was a big part of it. But yeah, there is a lot to work through with these movies. Like they're, they're, they're doing something. I can't even say all of them are doing that. I will say that for sure. Karate Kid 1 and 2 captured it. 2 was a little bit on the... You know how like sometimes when you go with um, 80s movie sequels, you always have to go bigger, right? Yes. So, yes. you know, it had that thing. Where I'm, let's take him to Okinawa and have him fight another big bad kind of thing. An even bigger bad. But there was just something about the Karate Kid formula that worked. Something that allows millions of people to put themselves into a world where everything gets solved with karate. And there's nothing cheesy about it. You know what I mean? Like, like, think about it. If you're talking about the karate, or excuse me, you're talking about Cobra Kai episode one, the, the, the bully kids, right? They just all know karate, right? They, we don't establish it. There's no, Rashida doesn't have a, a big karate following anymore. You know, I understood that because it was like the eighties and karate mm-hmm. was a big thing back then. And they, and this town had all these championships. This is where everyone would come from all over. So I could see why that was a big thing, but you know, you fast forward 25, whatever it is, years later, and everyone is still solving their problems with karate. And for some reason, it completely works. Don't know. When I first saw the movie or the show, when I first saw the first episode, I was like, okay. First of all, I was like, that was really short. Or I thought maybe it was in my head. I was like, wow, that seemed like a short episode. But I went to the next one and I, I was like, there's no way the second episode is going to be as good as the first. There's just no way. And it freaking, this is the first show in a while. Not the first. Yeah, there's been a few. But this is a show that I could put in the pantheon of shows that keep on going up. It levels up. Even if it's a tiny tick, every episode goes up. There's not a situation of, oh, season one, season two, episodes two through three are kind of a drag. Nope. There is not an episode I could say that show that those episodes were drags. I thought that it was just such a fun. Um, it was fun. Like I just, I needed, they drop in these lessons 
that should be so corny. These lessons should, should read corny. They should. But apparently I'm a corny dude. Because some of them were always like, oh, yeah, that's true. Good point. I was like, it's really good. I thought it was so good. There's some form of magic in that writing that makes it convince. Like, I don't understand it. It's not, it's not even like I'm convinced. It's just, this is perfectly acceptable. Like I'm perfectly. saying, like, whatever it is that they're doing where in this world, everyone solves their problems by karate makes complete sense to me. And I'm totally fine with it. There's well, no guns. Yes. There's hardly any fist fighting. It's just straight up karate. I love it. It's and it's a it's a all the kids are good. I think all the kids I'm talking about uh here's what I will say. There is a standout guy that I think is really killing. Hawk? Yes. I thought you'd say Hawk. He's a standout where in the beginning I was like, I think I know where this character is going. Wrong. Wrong. Totally wrong. I said, oh, they did a different, I don't know who was in the writer's table being like, what if we did this? What if we did this? And just make this guy, don't fix anything on him. Don't do anything to him. Just give him some hair and change his attitude. And let's show how much a change of attitude can affect a person's life. Right. I said, man, if this isn't brilliant. See, that's where I'm at right now or at, well, that I was at like three o'clock in the morning. And it, it, it kind of dawned on me that time. It's like, okay, because he goes so hard on him when he first shows up in the dojo, calling him lip and everything yeah. like that. And I'm thinking to myself, man, like it almost felt uncomfortable. And I know that's what they were going for. But then he's like, if you don't want me to call you lip, then change your face. Or I forgot how he put it, but it was like, you know, basically he's telling him, well, then give me something else to focus on. And lip's like, lip. now I'm calling him lip. Uh, and now he's like, uh, okay, yeah, sure. So he comes back. And he comes back so hard and changes. And I think that 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 there's a lot of that in the world. Do you know what yes. I mean? I think that they're, they're really like they, they do a dramatization of it. But I think that there is a, definitely a lot of people that are being picked on in school and they just have to completely flip their personality and to gain this confidence or whatever. And and, and then, of course, you see what happens and yes. he becomes this terrible person, you know. But um, yeah, it's totally convincing, dude. I love it. I love I, everything about the entire, both seasons, actually. I do think season one's a little bit stronger than season two because much like sequels, like I said earlier, they tend to start going a little more over the top, but that's perfectly okay with me in Karate Kid World. It's yes. great. I, You're I, already on season two, right? I finished everything. Okay, so like the introduction of Crease, you know, when we, we know that kind dude, of stuff is coming. Dude, and you know I didn't. Well I did not. Did not. But I, I can see that. I just talking to you're talking to someone that has watched these movies yes. so many times though. Yeah. And to me, it was like it's not like I'm like, okay, I'm watching episode one of season one going, okay, Crease is gonna come back soon. But it just made so much sense when he did. Like, of course. Of course Dude, he's coming back. When that he you know? stepped out of the shadow, bro, at work, I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Dude. Dude. I thought it, I liked second season better than first. I was I'm I'm I, I'm the opposite. I I thought second season was a destruction zone. It was a struct a destruction zone only because a they had a kid. Uh, I forgot the kid's name. The the stringy dude, kind of tall, skinny guy. That was Hawk's best. Oh, friend. Dimitri. Yeah. What you think? Any other show? Any other show would show him all of a sudden becoming amazing. Yep. Amazing at this thing. And they kind of show how 
how uh, LaRusso is kind of getting frustrated because he's like, how do I teach him then? I've done everything I can. But the fact that he never gives up on this kid, he just never gives up. And I love how they show that, um, uh, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to say this. That's, is that a spoiler? Yeah, I already spoiled a grip of stuff. Oh, dude, it's, this show's been out for a long time. I think you're good. I think when, yes, it's when, just recently on Netflix, but I think a lot of people, I think the people that are going to watch this show for the most part have seen it. You think so? I think so, for sure. I mean, here's what I will say. If you haven't watched it, watch it. I will say, I will say, honestly, if you haven't watched it, just watch it. So um, what I loved about the first, the first seasons a lot was the fact that Johnny didn't realize that he was ridiculous until he cultivated a culture of what that he could see from the outside. He saw these kids from the outside looking in and he was like, Oh, wait a minute. I don't want you doing that. He had no chance of that throughout his uh, throughout his life. After he left karate, he never saw how he, what his results were. His kid was gone. So he never, he kind of saw that, but he was just like, okay, well, whatever. The reason that he's like that is because he just wasn't in Cobra Kai. He fostered this group of kids in a way that he wanted to, and he saw that the way that he wanted to train up a kid creates monsters. And he's like, wait a minute. I don't want to do I said, that is such smart writing. That's smart. Like, that is a smart writing situation. And so I was like, I, I liked it. I liked, I liked the first season, and then season two just skyrocketed. Are there loose ends that I'm just like, eh, they're a little annoying? Yes, but that's fine. I'm like, I'm, it's, it's who you chose for the first season. So they're going to be here. You know what I'm saying? You can't just get rid of the actor. And so, uh, I just, I just thought it was fantastic, man. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. Thank you. Thanks Netflix for picking it up. I think a lot of people are going to start enjoying this now because they just like yourself, they didn't really want to invest in YouTube premium for just one show or something like that. So yeah, I I think that, I think this is going to get way bigger than it is. And I think it's the perfect time for them to do that. I have no idea when season three is coming out, but the way that they left it open-ended like that to where there are two big things that we're expecting in season three, the return of a certain character, of course, and then, you know, the Kree situation. But to get to the Kree situation, I imagine now we're going to have to have an alliance, right? Um... (sighs) We have to have some form of an alliance. <sighs> They're only Even gonna... though they kind of hate each other still, like they, they did come to an understanding. I don't think it's going to be... They're, they're not going to be able to do an alliance until the last season of the show. I think it's going to be a let's, let's do what we have to do to, to fix this one situation, meaning crease. But and then that's going to go over really well. We might even get like the, uh, the close-up shot of two hands clasping and a handshake. But the alley situation is still there. And that's where the rivalry is going to come back again. I would think there's going to be some sort of alliance if they weren't quiet at a certain elevator scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was no, we have to get, no. They were just like, I hate you now. And I hate you too. Okay. That's what they've decided on. And here's what I will say might happen. And mind you, this is not a spoiler because it probably won't happen. Matter of fact, definitely. But in my brain, um, his wife says, you cannot do karate. So he has to secretly make sure that this dojo continues. And so I think Johnny begins to teach the way of some sort of mixture of Cobra Kai and uh, Miyagi-Do. 
Sure, which is kind of like an alliance. There's got to be some kind of common ground that they hit to make this work. Because he can't do it anymore. Yeah, he can't do it anymore. We'll see. I, I mean, know. the wife we'll kind of once. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Does he want to do that? Because his wife seems like a. I'm not bluffing. <laughs> you do this anymore, or you know what they also could do is something happens real bad, and the wife looks at him and she's like, "Go get him." Yeah, that could I think happen. Too. Now you're talking. That's where we because we have to think 80s movies, dude. Yes. That it has to, it's going to be one of those situations for sure. Definitely the go get him. I, I think that's going to work in its way. Somehow it's going to work its way in for sure. For sure. Yeah. So yeah. I, I will grade it. I will grade, dude, Cobra Kai is leaps and bounds above competition. Now, there's other shows I like better. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying like what's happening right now, I don't know anything that, that that's, that's touching it right now. Um, that dude, that last episode, that last episode, bro, I won't, that, that's the one thing I won't ruin for people. Like there's parts where I, I pause. I'm like, oh no, they had people like off camera being like, all right, go. And they'd have to go at the perfect time. I said, this is a really legit fight scene. And so I, I love that. And then the part I did not see coming. And I thought, of course it's going to be, oh, how didn't I see that coming? Of course, but great writing. Again, I will rate this. I will rate uh, Cobra Kai 4.5. I will rate it 4.5 out of 5 balancing, balancing, I don't even know what you call it. Balancing <laughs> river pods? <laughs> I know what you're talking about, yeah. I don't even know what that's called. I don't either. And the weird thing is, I was like, I, I remember more of the Karate Kid than I thought I did. I because re- I also remember my mom taking me to see one of them where the a, a a girl was the the protagonist in a Karate Kid, like a grown tall girl. Yeah, it's Hillary Swank. Oh my god! Yeah, my mom took me to that movie, and I was um, I just thought I'm like, okay, yeah, I officially don't understand these Karate Kid movies. Like we both left, and we went to Sunset Drive in Sunset Drive in, and we were like, okay, we don't what 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 are we doing here? This yeah. makes what what is this? That was the next Karate Kid. Oh. There's the Karate Kid 3. That's where everything <laughs> fell apart. Yeah. That's the really bad one. It's been so, I think I've only seen that movie one time because it was so terrible. But that's when you have John Kreese and another guy who's even more evil. <laughs> that's right oh, at the yeah, dojo. Yeah. He's, I just remember he's this guy uh, with a ponytail. Really cheesy. Really cheesy movie because the ponytail and the, eight, the 80s ponytail meant that you were evil. But... um. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to go back and watch that one, too, just to see if there's any little drops that show up in Cobra Kai. I could see that guy coming back. I really could. Like, yeah, they're going to do something like that. I think that this show runs about 80 percent on nostalgia. But that same 80 percent also has like this powerful writing that they're I don't know if they're using the same team, whatever it is. They've they've managed to capture the feeling of Reseda in the 80s, even though it's modern now. And it's just working so well. I do have one thing to say, though, or uh, something to ask you, because uh, just the other day I was watching this video and it was William Zapka and Ralph Macchio. And they were talking about who, in fact, truly was the bad guy in the Karate Kid movie. And I'm curious what you think about that. It's been a while since you've seen that movie, but the breakdown goes like this. Basically, they're saying that. Johnny is a misunderstood character. And mm-hmm. I kind of buy into that now because, you know, he, he's doing his thing. Yeah, he's got this, this uh, relationship that's not going well with Ellie. 
<clears throat> excuse me, with Allie in the movie. Mm-hmm. But then like Daniel shows up, right? And he kind of moves in, unknowingly moves in on Allie because she's not really feeling Johnny anymore. Johnny comes down to the beach to have a conversation with her that starts off somewhat civil, a little heated, but somewhat civil. Daniel gets in the way because this is where Johnny fucks up, but stick with me. Johnny grabs the radio out of her hand and like throws it to the ground and like it gets aggressive, right? So then Daniel gets involved and this is where the fight starts. Uh, Johnny's telling him to like back up and just stay out of it and he pushes him down and then Daniel hits him, right? So, and then this goes on again and then like this that should just be like its own situation where it's like, look, two guys are acting like assholes one of them gets beat up. But then Daniel keeps taking it to the next level. He goes to the, to the, uh, the Halloween party at school, the Halloween dance, dressed like a shower. And Johnny's just trying to like roll a joint up in the in the toilet and he puts the water on him. He keeps antagonizing him, right? So I'm starting to think because they did talk about this. Like Johnny was a guy, that, and you know this from season one, he was a kid that didn't have any friends. He just wanted acceptance. He wanted something to be good at because his stepfather was such a shit to him, right? Ed Asner, played by Ed Asner, and played brilliantly by Ed Asner, by the way. So he ends up going to Cobra Kai as a kid that is just a sponge for information right now. And he meets John Kreese, who is his sensei, who he's supposed to listen to, who teaches him this way. So he doesn't really know any other way of doing things. That's the only guy that's ever been like a, for lack of a better word, a like a or a better phrase, like a, a father figure in his life, right? So he has been trained to react this way and to be the aggressor strike hard, strike. What is it? Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Right? So he's kind of like a victim of circumstance. Daniel's kind of the dick in my opinion. Fast forward to Cobra Kai. Daniel's the arrogant asshole that owns the car lot, right? Mm -hmm. He's rich, totally full of himself, still stuck on the karate thing, even though he hasn't done karate in who knows how long. And then like, through this little twist and turn thing in, in this uh, this little circumstance that happens with a car, they come face to face again. And what's the first thing Daniel does? He gets all of his boys around him, his cousin and his friend, to come and, hey, this is the guy in high school. They're like, isn't that the guy whose uh, ass you kicked? Well, to be technical, I kicked his face. He's the dick. What do you think about that? I think it could be seen either way. I don't know, man. I, I, it's been a long time with this movie, and I, I, I hear you. But I think Daniel's the dick. I really do. I had annoying kids around me that were just pests. But I didn't consider them like I wouldn't. I didn't consider them like I'm going to bully this kid now. They were just pests. I'm going to give you one more example. So in season one, Daniel finds out that Cobra Kai is opening up again. He's all pissed off about it. Right. So what does he do? He goes to the landlord of the mini mall. Right. And he says he gets this plot going. He's like, I'm going to go ahead and act like I want to buy this this mini mall. So that way he'll jack the prices up, forcing him out of business. Okay, cool. You just did your little you you did your little offensive move to Johnny. But Daniel doesn't take into consideration. being that Daniel's a rich guy. You've seen his house. He's got a dope ass house. Right. He's got a lot of money. Mm -hmm. He doesn't take into consideration that anyone else in that mall might be having financial problems. And he re he jacks their rates up, too. That's some selfish shit. Uh, totally. There's no question that, uh, like, they both have their issues. No question. One of them, both of them are douches. When you really boil it down, both of them are douches. And it's a fact of which douchey action matters most to you. There, there could be a person where, 
like my their father wasn't in the picture and they were terrible to him, that means that they're going to really hate Johnny. There could be another person there. There, oh, my father worked all the time and I never got a chance to see him that much. Then they're going to hate. They're going to really hate uh, 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 Daniel. They're going to hate him because it depends on which bad thing touches you touches you most, which bothers you the most. That's what they're boiling it down to, and I think it's smart. They're like, yeah, neither one of them are angels, but which it's just a fact of which one bothers you the most because they show both sides of them doing great things. And then they see how the other person only sees the other person doing knucklehead things. Yeah. And, and then and, they, and, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, uh, and then they show Johnny looking back on his time with Daniel and he, and he sees a totally different story than the karate kid. He sees all these things. Daniel kicked him and he punched him and he right. showered him. And he's like, this is the thing I have about you. But when Daniel sees him, he sees him as a total bully. And so, and then when he sees him now, He's like, you still are that bully. You're who I thought you were. So I get it. I get it from both sides. I get it from both sides. I, I feel you, but I, I'm I'm a little more on the Johnny. Team totally understand. I got to be honest with you. you I know get that. I mean? Yeah, for sure. But I but at the same time, like he's still that kind of a douchey guy. Like remember when he's handing out the flyers and he's got the headband on? He's like, hey, Dude. you want to learn how to kick ass? <laughs> like nice headband, bro. And I think, and I, the thing is, I think obviously they're pushing, it's far-fetched that he's like, what's a Facebook? I'm like, yeah, come on guys. You accidentally know what Facebook is. You just, and that the douchey type of guy he is, he would have been the first beta user of a dating app. He would have been the beta user. He would have been on Pornhub when it first dropped on it. He would buy a computer to do that. So I'm like, okay, I get what they're doing, but that guy is not the guy that doesn't know about those things. Not a chance. I swear to God, those people exist. Dude. There's people that I went to high school with that every once in a while, I'm like, hey, does this guy have a Facebook account? I'll run into somebody. Hey, you know, I want to talk to this guy or how's this person been? They've never even gotten like an email address. They've never been on one of my best friends when I was a kid. He has a business. He doesn't have social media. He doesn't have an email address. Motherfucker doesn't have a cell phone. There are people like this that exist. I totally believe that, but not the kind of douchey people like him that don't have, they have no idea that internet porn is around. No. You got to go to internet porn. Because that's what he was doing. As soon as he got Google, he did that. I'm like, oh, this guy would have had it a long time ago. That's the one I would have been in that 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 conference room. Be like, hey guys, bad news. Homeboy would have had that. So I think it would have been even funnier if they're just like, you don't have a cell phone, but you have. Why do you have a computer? And dude, I'm like, Pornhub. I'm like, yeah, that's that guy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He would have a computer if he had nothing else. He'd have a laptop for sure. But I thought I thought it was um. You know what? The only weird part was how they threw that really cool woman in there for a date for no reason. Uh, remember, I'm just I'm re- I'm catching up again. So the yeah, where she, he, uh, he the woman bumps him at a bar. He's she's like, let me let me um let me let me make it up to you and buy you a drink. And they just have this great conversation. And then he ends up overhearing uh, Miguel's mom's boyfriend talking crazy, and he checks him. But I'm like, okay. you didn't have to leave the date. You could have left, beat him up, and then just come back into the date. That's what I was like, why did you guys even have her in there then? Because yeah, she was really yet. cool, huh? I, I'm not at that part again on the rewatch. So oh, yeah, I'm, this is second season. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I'm for sure. Yeah. But I, but again, so yeah, I, I really dug it. What, what was your rating for? Cause you already rated Cobra. I think you gave it five. I gave it a five out of five all the way around, dude. Five out of five crane kicks for me. That is absolutely, that's dope. What else you want to talk about? All right. So what else have we watched? There's a few more that we, that we've actually watched together. I think we should just stay on that. Go for it. Uh, you actually told me about a documentary. I was talking to you while driving the other day, Steve, and you said, Hey, I just watched this really cool documentary. You might want to watch it. It's about a band that I loved in the eighties. I still love them. I mean, I, I, they're not my favorite or anything, but I, I respect this band so much. And they had a fantastic behind the music on VH one several years ago. So now that they have a full length documentary that just came out this year, by the way, I think it's worth talking about. So thank you, sir. First of all, for turning me on to that. And what I'm talking about is the 2020 documentary called the go-go's. The Go-Go's are the most successful female rock band of all time. The documentary chronicles the meteoric rise of a band born of L.A. punk scene that not only captured but created a zeitgeist. I'm going to tell you that I fucking love this documentary. It doesn't take much to sell me when it comes on music docs anyway, particularly when it's a band I'm into. But I thought they did a fantastic job with this. I loved it learning the early version of the Go-Go's, the original members, learning about the punk scene, learning about the, um, you know, the uh, secret addictions that people had and just the inner struggles of the band. This documentary had everything that I need in a music documentary. I loved it, dude. Loved the shit out of it. Uh, I mean, you just told me watch it. I'm curious what you thought. I loved it. I thought that they, I mean, I hadn't, I was not very versed in the Go-Go's. I knew a few of their songs, the obvious songs, um, but I loved the only, you know, for me, if it's a music documentary, I'm going to watch it. So I just push play and immediately I'm pulled in by the fact that they used to be this like punk band. I had no idea. I did not know any of that. And they were really heavy in the punk scene and seeing them come up through this, this, these, these steps that they took to try to get popular um, the ideas that their manager has, you know, this is a great, this is a great, this is great to get versed on the business of music. How, no matter how good you are, if there is a story about you that isn't quite vibing, you're not going to get signed. There was one story that permeated and it even made headlines being like, why aren't these girls signed? And it just didn't matter until someone took a chance on them and just seeing how that goes and seeing how money can ruin everything, everything, dude. But to get deeper, I think the reaction to money is the thing that, that, that all it does, like someone said, money's like alcohol. It just reveals who you really are. And a lot of them just weren't good people as far as, you know, cause they were, you were young and just seeing them try to navigate the waters of going from these small club dates to Madison Square Garden at 22 years old, dude. Almost overnight. Over, almost over. They said a year ago we were doing a club and now we're doing Madison Square Garden. It was a beautiful story. Uh, I, I don't know how they got the old band members to talk about it. I don't know if I'd be in a documentary over, a, 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 you know, about a band that I left and just exploded. Yeah, or I don't even- know if I'd be in it. Or even Ginger, what is her name, Kanzaneri or something like that? Their old manager who clearly had her heart broken. You know, she had this band that she was almost the parent of. Yes. From the time of their inception when they started taking things really seriously. Carried them all the way through, kept a family vibe, and had them touring 
You know what I mean? Like they like they were actually they were doing it the, that grassroots way that you don't really hear about anymore. Nowadays, everything just seems to be yeah. like if you're on YouTube, you're going to exactly. get picked up and it's an exactly. overnight thing. They had to do that grassroots thing where they toured. They played for nearly empty crowds or played in front of skinheads that weren't their, you know, their type of demographic. Basically, they had to pay their dues is what I'm getting at. And this lady kept them fine tuned the whole way through. And I thought that was just so goddamn sad that at Oof. a certain point, once the money machine kicks in. And the record companies now realize that they're a viable product. Thank you. A viable product that they just start giving them, hey, and this is this is what you're going to get. And let's, yeah. let's give you starry eyes about everything. And now don't worry about it. Yeah, you're 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 still uh, you're still counted to Gina, but we're not going to really or ginger rather. You know what I mean? We're not going to really listen to what you have to say. You can just sort of come along with it. And basically they just phased her out because they didn't give her any opportunity to do anything. They let her, they kind of let her quit herself really is what it seemed like. And it it was just sad. So yeah, I couldn't see her who she was almost crying talking about in the movie. That's a long time. That's a lot of years in between that. And that still brought up, that still elicited that kind of emotion from her. So yeah, I'm surprised that they had these people too. Like the old, the old uh, band members, I could kind of see that. I mean, like the one that was just like, look, I just didn't want to go pop. That's Oy. really what it was. I just didn't want to. I was true to my punk scene and that's where I wanted to stay. And and, and still was shocked that she got kicked out. She's like, and then they just freaking fought. I'm like, yeah, because yeah. you don't want to do anything that they're doing. Yeah, that was what was her name. I think her name was uh, Margot, if I'm not mistaken. Margot, I think she was the bass player. But, but dude. But it was like. Everything just sort of fell into place. It's like when when they had one pitfall, there was all there was like already somebody in place. Mm-hmm. Like within the same week, it seemed like you know when they lost their old drummer, there was Gina Shock, their their current drummer. I their, love her. She's great. I, I, love I really her. loved her. She is a storyteller, dude. Yeah, she's great, man. I'm telling you, when I was a little kid and the and the Go Go's were out, I was freaking in love with Belinda Carlisle, mm-hmm. Jane Weedland, and Gina Shock. I loved them in that band. I just and then it's like it's just crazy to. You know, to 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 grow up and then watch them now and how much they've changed and it's like um, people change, Steve. They all look. I mean, they all look fantastic. I'm not even talking about physically. Yeah, but I mean, in in one instance, I am. You know, screw it. I'll just say it. it's like it's really crazy how different Belinda Carlisle looks. I had such an such a massive crush on this woman, even in her solo work. I was so in love with Belinda Carlisle. And yeah, I guess I don't know. It's sad. I I, I don't want to sound like that dick that's just like poking at someone's appearance, but self image is a bitch sometimes. And that's some, the thing. And you know what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. people will go through these great lengths to correct things, and it's like, does it? Aging it? isn't fun for no, in a not. certain I mean, industry. Yeah, exactly. You're you know that's the thing too. It's like it's not fair. I don't think that there's a lot of um, and I think someone would make this argument for sure. Guys don't have that same treatment. No, dude. You don't see Sebastian Bach trying to pretty himself up. He still looks like hell. You know what I mean? But he's still he's still out there yeah. somewhere. George in the Clooney isn't worrying about aging. Right. And it's not fair that they do that to women, that they that women feel that and this is, you know, in all aspects of entertainment, they yes. feel like once they hit a certain point, they've essentially and it's I'm not using these words like they're in in the terms of their appearance, but they've kind of hit a wall. Yes. And they can't go any further. Maybe they feel that they can't go any further. They're led to believe this, that if they don't change their physical appearance, that they won't get work anymore, which is really fucking crazy when you consider that Belinda Carlisle is a vocalist and not an actress or, or do you know what I'm saying? Like, Actually, like, yeah, absolutely. 
yeah, I mean, they made her a full on product when it came to video and everything like that. She was a beautiful woman and they and they used her sexuality to help propel the Go-Go's for sure. But it's really sad what goes what goes on later in life when people feel like they have to continue to do that sort of thing. That's self image is just a bitch. And I'm hoping that that's not coming off in like a real asshole way. But like when I saw her, I was like, wow, I didn't know who was talking. Oh, I knew I've heard her talk before, so I know her voice is way different than that. But when I saw her, I was just like, wow, like she's really physically changed a lot. And that's the first thing I thought of. It's like, fuck, man, the entertainment industry is just terrible that you you can't just be yourself. You have to fit a certain image to sell product. It's weird. Absolutely. And the interesting thing is uh, they fired their manager at a massive point where they were very popular. They were huge. And they said, we want to go to another level. And you would think, well, what's the next level? But a lot of people don't understand that during the 80s, there were Michael Jackson and Prince that were, and there were other rock groups that were not just filling Madison Square Garden. They were humongous. Like superstardom, even though they were superstars, they wanted to get to that superstar. Now it wouldn't be such a big deal. Now it's not a, you know, whatever. You know, it's whatever. But they were... The 80s were a land of superstars. Yeah, it was the age of MTV. Yes. And so she's like, we need to, we're famous now, but we want to get famous, famous. And a lot of people, they would not be able to wrap their mind around that if when they watch the documentary. They're gonna be like, what are you talking about? Be like, no, no, no. You don't the fame was insane at that point. Like you could be really, 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 really. We don't, we don't really like, I know that there are rock groups that were also there for, for me, I had never seen fame like Michael Jackson before. That was fame, like crazy famous. And so I think every group was like, I'm sure that their record company was like, we can get you to the point of such and such. So yeah, you're going to fire your manager. If they're like, we can make you gods. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to fire my, what are you going to do? You can make me bigger than this. Yeah, sure can. Are they lying? Absolutely, probably. But they're like, you give us full control and we can make you gods. Yeah. And I'm not blaming this on Gina Shock. No. When it comes out this way, it may seem this way. But like, I took it from watching that video, Gina Shock being the drummer, that she was always the most driven. Like, she knew she moved across the country. What did she say? She had like a thousand dollars and two grams of cocaine or something like that. And she moved across the country with the sole intent of becoming famous. So she was always, she had the vision from day one, right? I don't know if they all did because they were kind of true to their, their punk scene. But it's like when they did that tour where they were madness and the specials took them on tour through Europe. And that's when they were playing in front of the skinheads. And they, they had this whole period of growth and then they start playing these arenas. Who was it that they opened up for? Oh, police. God, they, the police. The police. I mean, come on, man. We were just talking about the police. You open up for the police in the 80s? Like, what do you expect? Of course, Dude. that's like a that's like a drug. You're going to want that. Exactly. You can't go back to playing clubs after something like that. Of course, you're going to take the next step. You want to keep going. This is what you're in it for. And I just thought that it was so awesome that every time a little like something would change you know there might be like a tiny hardship where they would lose somebody or something like that or or have some type of issue within the band but when they when they locked back in again they always became stronger up to a certain point you know what i mean and and that just kept them like that that gave them that driving force i i don't know man like i didn't i didn't follow the go-go's for all of their albums. I mean, I think Beauty and the Beat was the one I had. And then, of course, Vacation. But that third album, I didn't really listen to at all. I think it had a Head Over Heels was their single on that. But I didn't follow them too much after that. But they still had this story. And it was just it was just so interesting 
to see that, like when the band starts falling apart, when Jane Weedland decides like, hey, man, I'm writing all these like like when the money got involved, you know what I mean? And they're like, well, OK, start paying attention to who's getting paid what for yeah. writing publishing you know, that, deals. Yeah, that suddenly becomes a deal when the publishing kicks in. That becomes a certain. Well, not a certain. That's like, that's probably the main problem with the band at that yes. point. The jealousy, the competition. Jane Whelan wants to, you know, she, she's been writing all these songs for them. She's a major part of the band. You take her away, you see what happens because at one point she does go away. Yes. And they're just not the same band anymore. So Jane Whelan, it was a huge part of the Go-Go's. But the moment that she wanted to step out of that guitar situation and maybe do, you know, do one song, just one song that meant a lot to her to sing. That's when everything started flying because now you have Belinda Carlisle getting threatened because she doesn't play an instrument. And they kind of alluded that she's the one that said this, but they did say something to the effect of someone told me, well, what makes you think you're good enough to be a singer? Like who else would say it? Oh, right. (laughs) They're all they're all coked out and fully ego. Of course, the truth's going to come out. But yeah, they pulled it together, man. I I, um, I love long term rock and roll stories with bands where they, they have that struggle and personnel changes and how they get through it. Loss, death, drug abuse, all yes. of it. And then they still come out. And, you know, I remember when they got back together, like they were showing that footage. I'm not exactly sure when it was from, but I know it was in the 2000s when they they got back together. They tried to make I think they did make an album and I don't think it went anywhere. But that's that's going full circle right there. And I it's think that the way that they. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. I love that, man. And and it's, you know, again, it's a band that I enjoy, uh, people that I enjoy learning about, all interesting people. And I just love a good story like that, a good comeuppance, if you will. I highly recommend if you guys are into rock docs or if you even like the Go-Go's a little bit or you just like a good story about the growth of the band and, and inner turmoil can almost destroy a band and how they keep going. It's a beautiful story. And I think that if you're into that kind of thing, that I, you should watch this. Absolutely. Um, I highly enjoyed it. Where did we watch this? It was Showtime, right? Yes. Yes. You can get this on Showtime. I believe I watched it on the Showtime Anytime app. And if you have a subscription, it's free. But uh, yeah, I'm fully for this one. I'm going to go ahead and give it a very strong four and a half out of five. Uh, gosh, I don't even know. Uh, I'm going to give it four out of five vacations, Steve, because I can't think of anything right I now. I love that. I, and also, it, uh, one thing to tag along on that, uh, a big thing is when they saw the publishing rights, that's not a normal thing. They saw the publishing results from Charlotte Caffey having written, We Got the Beat. That's going, like they, they saw the publishing after commercials, movies used it, and they probably thought this was a check she was always getting. <laughs> they looked at her check and were like, what the that wasn't an all the time thing, but that is enough to stem something. For sure. You that's know, gonna start the, that's going to stir up trouble in the band for sure. There's no, I'm going to want to see all the, after that, I'm like, what does your check look like this month? Well, it was, who was it? It was Gina Shock and Belinda Carlisle that were getting like the short end of the stick. Heck right? yeah, because they didn't write anything and they saw Charlotte's yeah. and they were like, Jesus. But that's, we got the beat though. I know, but I mean, and I, I see both sides of that, but could you imagine going through everything that we just talked about, all these these crazy tours, just everything that they went through as a band, putting in mm-hmm. outside of the outside of the writing, putting in as much effort as you possibly Absolutely. could as a band. Now, now, in truth, Belinda Carlisle did say, well, I was just kind of like winging it at some points. Like, I'm just a singer and I would, like, she kind of acknowledged it. She yeah. said, no, I didn't, I didn't even feel like it was something that I should even argue about considering what I did. But Gina Shock, who was, again, 
from day one moving across the country to become famous. I could totally see how that would piss her off. No, there's no. But they're like, write the music, man. Write music. <laughs> that's that's the publishing rights. That's what you need. Yeah. And the second the thing. The business is, side of it sucks. That's why they said this music business. Um, the, the hard thing is, uh, and I'll leave it with this. I'm going to give this, uh, before I say it, I'm going to give this 4.5. Uh, I'll give this 4.5 out of 5 rotating band members. Um, and I will say that the coldest line I've heard in a while is she sings and I write all the songs. I was like, Jesus. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Oh Did you my notice? God. That was just <sighs> now. I'm sure that for the purposes of the documentary, they used these specific pictures because of what was said. Right. But it makes me wonder, like during that time, when they're showing like press, like press pictures of them, the way that they were separated songwriters oh, on one. I don't know if you, I don't know if you caught that songwriters on one side, the ones that weren't writing songs were on the other. Like it was a click at that point. It was, and I bet you that's how it was for most of the pictures. Like they're, you know, they didn't, they weren't getting along anymore. For, dude, you knew they weren't getting along when they get a call and like we're having a meeting and they already are like, this isn't good. Normally you have a meeting with friends and you know, it's going to be a great meeting. But when you're like, I write, the, you can't do that. I write the songs and she sings. So yes, we can. I'm like, dude, that would dagger. I don't know if I'm chilling with a reunion, bro. Like you got to give it to the drum. You got to give it to the other members that they were able to, hey, let's put it all behind. I don't know if I'm putting that behind me, bro. Well, it didn't. It wasn't something that happened overnight. How long was the, the gap? Like That's six true. years or That's something true. like that? They didn't talk to me. They, did, they didn't talk for seven years. Seven years. But then yeah. they were mad. And then again, they're like, wait a minute. They're chilling and writing songs together. <laughs> yeah. Gee, I'm like, I would never talk to these people again in my life, dog. <laughs> Hell no, bro. <laughs> well, I guess that's what happens when you tour with people and you go through war with them. You, you There's got to be that. You know, there I don't has know to be that. Be. That's true. You yeah. have to be able to put that ego down. True. And also it's like, Apart, we're not great. Together, we can fill the amphitheater. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Together, apes strong. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. All right, so yeah, 4.5. What else you got? I got, uh, oh, I got a little bit of time left. So there's other ones that we've seen, Steve, but for the sake of time, we'll just kind of stay with the ones that we've watched, okay? Um, you told me to watch this one. You suggested I watched it, and I did check it out. And... Uh, I think we should talk about hashtag alive next. The Korean zombie movie. Yes. On Netflix. Brother, I think the Koreans know how to make a zombie movie. Call me kooky. The end. The end. <laughs> I think I think they might have that shit on lock. Like, I know there's other zombie movies out there. They're coming out from all over the place. But for some reason, Jesus. the Korean movies hit me right every it time. It touches my heart. Like, they're, they know how to make a, a zombie movie that there's not a zombie every scene. It's just living in this world where zombies are behind you all the time. It's like yeah. there. And Walking Dead proved that, that that's where the interesting story yes. is how humans get along during the time of the apocalypse, rather, not the actual apocalypse. Just, and I think that they did a fantastic job with this movie. There, I, I have some gripes with this one. Not absolutely, huge gripes. Absolutely, just a few little things where I'm like, eh, I, you know, I would have done this maybe a little bit differently, uh -huh. or, or or a slight critique. But I loved it, dude. I just fucking loved this movie. Uh, you know, um, the I guess I guess I'll just get away with like the 
I'll, I'll get on to like the negative stuff real quick. That way we can get off of it. I think that the way that the character, the main character is played, who was his name? Oh, Jun Woo. The way that he was played made him come off like a dummy a lot of the times. Yeah. Like, but then again, if you put yourself in that situation, it seems like he was pretty well taken care of by his parents. He was an adult living with his family that pretty much looks like all he did was like game or stream or whatever it was that he did. He had a pretty simple life taken away to the point where like his parents were like, hey, get some groceries. Here's some money. Get some groceries. They know they know that he's not going to go do this on his own. They have to tell him, here's some money. Go get groceries for the house. And of course, he doesn't do that either. So it's like he he, uh, they kind of he struck me as like a 'er ne'er-do-well a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I love the way that he navigated everything and, and made the situation his own because it was his own situation. It's like he went, he woke up one day and there's a zombie apocalypse going on. Exactly. He's like 15 days in. The guy has no idea what he's doing. So he starts trying different things. His choices were a little weird though. Like let's use a drone and not charge it. <laughs> let's just, well, there was no electricity. Right. So why would you use the drone? Is what I'm getting That's like, the why thing. Not, yeah. Why not Save check it. the battery level? Yeah. You know, um, the fact that he had more than one occasion where he used a golf club as his main weapon <laughs> against zombies, uh, you know, uh, just, but they're nice. little things. Yeah, get some They're nice. little, yeah, exactly. Get some nice. But then again, these zombies, maybe it was head trauma because I know a few of them fall and they're out, like they're done. So are these, are these zombies dying differently than the traditional? Well, they're not like they're to... infected. So technically it's not headshots. You could just kill them. The, okay, so they're the infected. Yeah. That's where we get into that whole zombie versus the infected movie. Yeah. This is definitely an infection movie because they say it right at the top. You're right. Um, yeah, so like, you know, they're, I like that, that they were a little, they were kind of easier to kill, but at the same time, they were super threatening. I and they were horrifying the, uh, looking. Horrifying. horrifying. <laughs> again, <laughs> again, dude, Korean zombie Ooh. movies or infection movies know how to do that. Shit. Jesus, they make them dude. look legitimately scary. Whereas I just, it's not always the case with a lot of these. Movies. Oh I don't my. care how much flesh you have hanging off Mm-mm. of a skull. They and did something right. I don't know what they, they do. Were, I don't know what the makes eyes. them look. Maybe that's what it is. And it's bleeding the actors. Scary. They take it seriously. Like when that dude is climbing the side of the building and keeps looking back. I'm like, Yo, this is horrifying. That was brilliant because they they kind of just laced that in there real quickly. Like, oh, and by the way, some of the infected are still having some Genius. Of the traits that they did Genius, when they were dude. normal. Genius. And to bring a fireman it's into so it, good. I'm like, oh, fuck. So okay. Any person to be a zombie right now in this situation, a fireman good, that dude. climbs buildings? Come <laughs> on, bro. And the way that yeah, he was looking up and then but he was cognizant enough to still look back like, oh, yeah, dude. I know now I know where you live and I can do this. Gee. That's what was scary to me. Like, oh, shit, this dude like took mental account of his apartment building. So <laughs> what his position is and gave. Did you not get that? Like, I'm coming for you next, dude. That's the look he gave him. I thought that shit was great. It was very, very good. I thought it was very, very. And they the fact that they introduced someone a lot of time into the movie. A yeah, lot of a time. Yeah, a whole new outlook on the movie. Bingo! I was like, Takes oh, it a whole different changed. direction. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she was great for what she did. Like, she was the smart one. She was using logic. She had the laser pointer. She was able to... Uh, although he did do something cool with the drone. His second drone, where he had the little bungee... Yes. Rip, uh, what do you call it? Like a rip line or whatever? Mm-hmm. Or zip line, rather? I thought that was kind of cool. He um, used what he could do. He, he's like, what can I do really well? 
And how can I use what I do really well to benefit my situation? And he's a good gamer and he used it. I got to tell you, the dubbing was great in this one, too. Yes. Now, if I like to watch movies with subtitles on just because there's a lot going on in the house, I might miss something instead of going, hey, what did they say? It's right there on the screen. Very hard to do when the movies are dubbed because yes. it's a completely different. They, they just write it out completely different. So That's that true. gets a bit distracting. I would suggest if to not if you like movies with subtitles, I would probably I mean, it's not going to ruin the movie for you. But on this one, I would probably just not watch it with the subtitles. I think that it's um, dubbed well enough to where you know what's going on the entire time. But uh, it made it kind of it took away a little bit having those those extra subtitles with different meetings. And I have to kind of like process the two together just to make it make sense. Maybe that's yeah. a bit of a stretch, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. And I yeah, there, there's a lot of really I would recommend people watching this because there's a lot of very smart things that happen. Uh, I'm not going to ruin anything, but there's a, 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 a thing with him trying to distract zombies that he did in a very crunch time mode. Where I'm like, that is so smart. That was a smart thing to do. There are a lot of things where you're like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought of that until later getting bit. I'd be like, you know what I should have done? <laughs> I should have done this. <laughs> and he really was just like, he was going through his brain and searching for the, and then, you know, finding out that this girl apparently is not the person you think she is. You're like, oh, wait a minute. There, she has a past that we don't know about because she's able to do some junk. I really liked it how they didn't make her some, oh, uh, no, uh-uh. Nope, I loved it. I So I, I loved Hashtag Alive. Yeah, I did too. Um, the other thing that I will say without giving any spoilers is getting back to how the humans process what's going on at that time, how people react, you know, maybe with loss and what they do to have some inkling of like normalcy left in their lives. I'm I'm referring to a, uh, a gentleman on the eighth floor mm -hmm. that assists them at a certain point and his whole story. I saw that coming. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I kind of did too, but at the same time, I like that they do that because it's like now it's the, like the, the, whatever you want to call it, call it a pandemic, call it an apocalypse, whatever you want to call it has gotten this point, gotten this person to the point where it's like all rationality is gone. Totally. He's just trying. He's just trying to hold on to something that he remembers that's nowhere near the same, but it makes him feel better, you know. And I just I, I like that about those movies when people kind of hit their limit and they start acting wacky just because they have no options left. I I, I liked it, but I, I agree with you. I did see it coming. And I I can't say that I'm the thing that I love about it is I'm not above that. I could see if a loved one was that, I could see myself going that far. I don't know these other people. Yeah, at least I kind of know this thing that <laughs> still resembles the person yeah, I love. Exactly. Yeah. I don't give a daggone about you and your cereal eating behind G. I'd feed you to my son right now. <laughs> so, yeah, I will give hashtag. I'll, I'll give hashtag alive four out of five hanging severed hands. I will give it four out of five zombie cops. Oh, yeah. Dude, here's another thing that the that this this uh, infected movie did. There was a part where I thought he was gonna save a woman, and they were like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> they just slide her into. I was like, "Oh, she's dead." Like, yeah, we got you. We made you think she was gonna shoot her away. I was like, "Dude, these they're they're doing the most right now, bro." 
This just makes me want to watch Peninsula. I have a copy of it, and I tried watching it last night. And I'm grateful to the person that sent it to me, but it's one of those cam copies where oh, it looks boy. like it was shot at an angle and you're not yeah. getting the full thing. And because I love Train to Busan so much, again, I'm very grateful to the person that sent this to me, but I think I'm just going to hold off and wait for it to come out on VOD. I really, I can't wait to see this movie. I love Train to Busan, but um, yeah, I just, I, I can't do it, but no, it really makes me want to watch and, it. Now. And Train to Busan is the best infected movie ever made. No, that's a zombie movie because they die and come back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the and the uh there's animals too. They are the best. I mean, it's never been done better. Never have I cried during a zombie movie. It is a perfect perfect movie. I still perfect. think they should not try to americanize this movie. I haven't heard any talk about it since we talked about it a long time ago, but they should not do a remake Leave of Leave it to Zack Snyder. Leave it alone, man. Leave it Leave to Zack Snyder. He'll try it. Oh, wait, no. he is making a zombie movie. He's making the sequel to um, Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead. Really? Remember, he had to, he recently, yeah, he had to replace um, Chris D'Elia with Tig Notaro because of all the issues that Chris D'Elia had. It has nothing to do with uh, his recent issues, but I'm kind of glad he's not in that movie. I think that would take me out of it. You think Tig Notaro's going to be better? I love her stand-up, mind you. Love Tig Notaro. I've never really seen her in any acting where, unless it's like her playing herself in a movie. There like it is. Kind of thing. But dude, her, her Taylor Dane, her Taylor Dane thing. I still listen to it ever so often. Cause I'm like, man, she is brilliant. Yeah. But, she's good. You like her a little better than I do. I, I shouldn't even say you like her better than I do. You're just more familiar with her work, but I don't know. I guess we'll see how it goes, man. We shall see. And so uh, what do we got next? You know, I'll talk about one real quick that I saw. I know you want to watch this one, and I just want to give you a little bit of encouragement to watch this movie. It's a VOD, and I think this is what kept you from renting this one. I hope this one comes out on streaming, too. It's a fun movie. I can't say it's a, it's a fantastic movie, but this is a... If you like these kind of movies, these, like, thrill ride kind of movies that are just... A, it's They're a little out of the ordinary. They may have, like, the one antagonist throughout the whole movie there's not a lot of cast in this and what i'm talking about is spree have you heard of spree right yes i'm making sure because we talked about a few that you said you were going to watch but i think spree was the one that you said you were kind of holding off on this movie's directed by eugene oh my god i believe it's cuddle yurenko also written by him and it's what is this thirsty for a following kurt kunkel is a rideshare driver who has figured out a deadly plan to go viral that's what it is this kid has a youtube channel that has like less than 10 people on it and he's he's trying to figure out a way to get himself noticed and go viral he ends up having a um, a business if you call it. what do they, i guess you would call that he works for spree which is basically like a an uber or a lyft or something like that and he gets it into his head that he's going to wire up his car to where he has he's surrounded by cameras and he's just picking up people and he's doing something called the lesson that's what it is. Like if you if you uh, like hashtag the lesson. If you if you um, follow this channel, check it out. I'm going to show you what the lesson is over this course of time. And he basically just picks people up, and they all meet their demise in a certain way. He's essentially a serial killer for a night. And I don't know, dude. Like I really like this guy. The guy that I'm talking about, I never even know his name. Joe Curry. That's it. He plays Kurt Conklin. Joe Curry is the guy that played Steve in, in Stranger Things. Yeah, I like this guy. I, I would be lying if I said I knew his name right off the bat, but I do enjoy his work. And he's great in this movie. He's just got the right amount of like happy-go-lucky kid with like twisted, you know, twisted thought murderer kind of person. No guilt involved. He's just going about. He's strictly trying to gain members and and uh, viewers for his channel. 
And it's really good, dude. It's like an hour and a half long, which is what I love about a lot of these movies that are coming out now. These thriller slash horror movies. You can just like crank them out so quickly because they're all around 90 minutes long. But this is pretty much like a thrill ride the entire way through. I love it. I thought it was great. I'm not going to say too much about it because I want to talk about one more before we get into it. But I will highly recommend that if you like fun movies where, you know, you're going to get some murder, man. If you're trying to uh, cut your teeth, dip your toe in the water with movies that have to do with like slashers, killings. I don't even necessarily want to call it a horror movie because it's definitely like a dark comedy with a lot of murder in it. I think this is a great movie to get started on. Gail's one of those people. She doesn't really I'm I'm starting to get her into these kind of movies and she's starting to trust me now because I've been showing her some pretty good ones lately. But this was one that she really enjoyed, too. It's just a really fun movie that takes a, a current topic such as something like Uber and social media and turns it into this just all out killing spree. I mean, spree is kind of twofold. The company is called Spree. The man goes on a spree. Check it out. I won't say too much about it, but I highly recommend you watch it. And I will give Spree a solid four out of five tainted waters. Nice. All right. I'll check it out. Um, One more for the lightning round. So lastly, Steve, before we get going, man, you told me to watch this one. Several other people have told me to watch this one. I watched the original based on your recommendation too. And what can I say, man? They keep hitting it out of the park. We're talking about the babysitter killer queen. Yeah, dude. I, I uh, We watched it back to back this last weekend. So did we. So did we. Yeah, it was. Um, what did you think? Well, I've already seen it before, but Gail hadn't seen it. So back to back, not entirely true. I watched it one night after the other. But um, we the started. One, I started watching. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I started watching that one first and Gail was into it. And she's like, you know what? what, what I can clearly tell that they're taking material directly from the last one. You know what I mean? Like I should watch this. So we ended up watching that one too. And she loved it. Um, I really loved the babysitter. I liked it because it was something that I really wasn't expecting, especially, I don't know when it came out, like two years ago, something mm-hmm. like that. I remember us talking about it and I remember being surprised then too, because it seemed like it should be a cheesy YA kind of a movie. And it ended up coming off with something that I just didn't expect. It also introduced me to Samara weaving, which of course is the, She's one of my favorites, man. And uh, so, yeah, I really like this one. So when this one came out, I didn't really know what to expect. I knew it would be like a continuation of like, so, you know, we have we have uh, unanswered questions, but how are we going to go about it? This one to me is a bit of a different movie because it's it's definitely more comedic this time around. The other one had some funny parts, too, but this one's definitely heavy on the comedy. It brings them some new characters and they're also heavy on the comedy, but mm-hmm. it still has like the main theme of the movie. You know, you have this kid. Oh, by the way, McGee directs this one, but you still have this kid named Cole who's traumatized from the last movie where his babysitter ended up being uh, part of the satanic cult who was trying to get a, a blood sacrifice so that her and her cult members could basically live the perfect life, the life that they've always wanted to live. Some of one of them wanted to be famous, you know, that kind of a thing. So, this one comes out and it's got Emily Allen Lind in it. And if you don't know who that is, she was in the first one too, but she also plays, if you have seen Dr. Sleep, she is the, the blonde girl with the short hair that has that power to make people go to sleep. And then she does whatever she has to do to them. That's who I'm talking about. Um, she's kind of like more of the lead in this one outside of Cole, of course. And I really liked it. I, I, I like where it was going and it kind of threw me for a loop when things started kicking into gear. I, I didn't quite expect it to go that way. Makes sense, of course, now. But um, yeah, dude, I liked it. I just I just thought that this one was kind of um, where it was like in the same vein, and I was really impressed that they were able to get back literally everybody from the other movie 
this one just struck me a little more on the comedy side versus the horror slasher, whatever you want to call it. Robbie Amell was great. The guy with no shirt. Uh, all of them are great. Now, oh, I do have a question for you, though, Steve. We've talked about this before. I'm wondering if you are picking up a tiny bit of the vibe of um, Monster Project when it comes to a certain character in this movie. Oh, absolutely. King Batch. His real name is King Batch? Well, that's what he goes, but he's a Twitter. He was a, um, like a Vine star, and then he went into commercials, and yeah, his name is King Batch. I know it's something Bachelor. His real name is something Bachelor. Okay, so he's a comedian first. Mm-hmm. An Insta... What is it, a Vine, or what did you say? Yeah, Vine. Vine, okay. I don't know. Do you think they did him justice? No. It seems like he had a great time. Yeah, I guess. I, that, that's the only character that took this from a... I'm really having a good time to, it's fine. It's fine. I just thought it was a bit much. I yes. didn't think they needed to go quite as, let's just put it this way. He was a caricature. Black dude make that decision. No, and he was a caricature. Like the first time I saw that, I thought the same thing. I'm thinking this time they're going to, it makes sense that they kind of just turned it up to 11 with him, but I don't know. I, I, it wasn't like I was like offended by the character or anything like that, but it kept taking me out of it because yeah. it was like everyone else, even as far fetched as this plot is, Dude. And how these people all find their way <laughs> back into the movie. Yeah, I'm still like, oh man, really? Like, give yeah. this guy a little bit more because he's funny. You know, like there, there's some sometimes, some genuinely yes. funny, but they took it was like let's just go to the book of black stereotypes and just do all of these Bingo. things. And that's and that's where I thought that they kind of fell short. Yes. Other than that. You know, the reveal at the end was kind of cool. I knew I kind of already given away like they brought everyone back. But the way that they brought the person back was kind of cool. Tied everything together. I was a big fan of the newest character, though. Um, Jenny Ortega, who plays yes. Phoebe in this. Yes. Do you recognize her? Do you know what she's Dude, from? I, I kept looking at him like, where do I know her from? She's been in several things, but there's one thing in particular that I'm thinking. What's that? She was in it with The Rock, man. Uh. It was the football movie. The playbook, maybe, or the the game plan. That's what it was. It was the game plan. Oh, I never saw That's that. That's the movie. Okay. Yeah. So she was like this adorable little kid in this movie playing his daughter, clearly grown up now. And I like it when these characters, they they the little kids, they come from these like sweet little characters and they end up doing something a little more extreme like this yes. one. And uh, I thought she was great. I thought she was a nice addition to it. I liked the way that the plot went. I liked how they sort of tied everything together and made a certain person the uh, the puppet master, if you will, of everything. Yes. Uh, you know, it's reaching a little bit. But like with a movie like this, how how much are you going to really dissect? Yeah, the it? kills are worth the ridiculousness. The kills are exactly. worth the ridiculousness. Now, I think if you're, it's not as smart as the first one in any no. stretch. It's not as smart. But it's totally watchable. And if they were like, we're going to do babysitter three, four, five, I'd be like, I'd watch it. It's watchable. And they just might. Yeah, it's totally watchable. It could be a series. I'm totally fine with it. And I have a feeling, according to the ending, they're, they're going to be making another one. Yeah, I think that Netflix is smart and they're just going to keep running these until people are like, okay, I'm done. But That's it, and which will never happen. They left it completely open, but I get the feeling that if it happens this time, it's going to be a completely different cast, and that's usually where they screw up. Um, I mean, Mick G's, he's hit and miss, so he may very well screw up even if they do get the same cast. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. What would you rate this movie? Um, Like I said, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed them both very much. I think they make a fine set together, but as a movie standing, like standing alone on its own, I'm going to give it three out of five beheading surfboards. I love that. I'm going to give this thing a three out of five 
colorful Camaros. That was a dope Camaro. I don't care how gaudy that thing is. I'd drive the shit out of it. I would not drive that thing, homie. I'm sorry. I would. I'd be, look at me. I'm not saying I'd be like, look how awesome I look. I would just drive it for the attention. Gee, for sure. if you were like, hey, Steve, check out my new car. I went over there and do listen. I'd be like, are you okay? Would you get in the car and take a ride with me? If yes, I, I would. But I'd be like, are, is this a midlife thing? Yes, 100%. Okay, well, then I mean, that's what let's go, be, then. right? I mean, that's how they made this car out to be in the movie, too. Yes. A total midlife crisis. Then we should situation. move. Then I'd be like, let's go ahead, then. Let's go. As long as you're yeah. conscious of this. But uh, so, yeah, that's uh, d- ladies and gentlemen, that is a hero's noise for the day. I'm going to get out of here. Dan has a DDP to get into. He has to do his, his yoga, um, gripping the wonderful pads with his toes and such. Um, the, the bro yoga, the bro- broga. Can I call it broga? Oh, now it's Broga. Now you're gonna make fun of it. <laughs> I just hope that, that first broga. D came out. Does that doesn't come out like, hey, Dan's getting ready to get into a DP situation here. <laughs> Dan's doing his Broga. Yeah, man. Why you got? Why you got to talk about that, man? Why you got to step on my toes right now? Dude? I don't. You're gripping toes. You see what he's doing? This is how your when your friends want to discourage you. I think doing. you, dude. I think it's wonderful. But go ahead, handle your your, your yoga. I love you all. Uh, whoever sent that song, um, I can't wait for you to tell me who you are. Show yourself. Yes, yeah, show yourself and and uh, uh, send more stuff as long as you tell you who you are. I love you guys. Peace out. All right, that's the show this week, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back. We have a Patreon show to do. So anyone that has a Patreon membership with us, just know that that's going to be coming real soon, hopefully sooner than later. My name is Dan Ramirez. For Steve Hudson, we are the Heroes of Noise. Be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace.